and having already decided that what they understand from the Word, they're going to, with God's help, apply to their life. In other words, how many people even come to something like this and think, I can't wait to get over there and hear what God wants to say to me about my life, and whatever God shows me, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, you can be as close to God as you want to be, but it's going to take some time. We all know that relationships, good relationships, require time. You can't have a good relationship with anybody if you don't put some time into it. And I know that when I approach this subject that there are lots of people who have all kinds of excuses for not spending that time studying the Word. But I hope tonight, if you're one of those people with excuses, you're too busy with this or that or something else, even the excuse, well, I try to read the Word, but I don't understand it. You know what? If you will really lay aside all excuses and say, God, I'm going to study your Word. I'm going to put you first, and I'm going to study your Word. You know, 30 days, 30 minutes a day. Of course, why just 30 days? Well, because I figure if I can get you to do it for 30 days, for 30 minutes a day, you'll get such benefit out of it that after that you would never quit. So all I'm really trying to do is challenge people to just go on like a, a sort of a word fast and say, I'm going to put this first in my life, in my life, and I'm going to fast this 30 minutes a day unto God. I'm going to put it before TV. I'm going to put it before whatever, before sleeping late in the morning. I'm going to put it before doing anything else that I do. I'm going to just give God that 30 minutes because, after all, he did give me his only son that I could be set free and forgiven of my sins. And really, in reality, let me say that differently. You're not even giving it to God. You're giving it to yourself. It's a gift to you. We don't need to read this for God. He already knows everything in it. We don't study this to, you know, to teach God something. We study it for him to teach us something. I'm not, I'm not going to embarrass anybody here tonight and say, how many of you really don't study the Word? I already know that a large majority of people don't study the Word. That doesn't mean you don't love God. But, you know, you can love God all your life and still never have any victory. Do you know that? You can love God. You can just love God because you just love him so much you just want to pop. And yet you can still never really have any victory in your life because this is where it comes from. If you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Come on, give it a big shout if you believe what I'm saying. Some of our media crew has gone around and taken some questions from many of you out there, and I'm going to spend about 20 minutes here trying to answer some of those questions. I don't know what they are. You can pray for me now that I've got the answers. <clears throat> but we do this on TV sometimes on different subjects, and so we're going to let you help us get this ready for our little 30-30 challenge on TV. How many of you would like to help us get something ready for TV and learn something at the same time, okay? Well, so Ginger's going to come out, and she's going to do what she does for me on TV. She's going to ask me questions. Hi, everyone. Well, I may be just a little biased because um, I'm an Indiana girl, yeah. but <laughs> I do get to ask Joyce a lot of questions, and I think this crowd has the best questions we've seen in a long time. Yeah, so, yeah, we have a lot of good questions, and I love how honest and transparent these questions are. So the first one is from Mike in Columbus, Indiana, and he says, how is what the prophet and Paul and everyone taught so many years ago relevant to my life today. Well, because really everything that's in the Word of God is there for a reason. God wouldn't put anything in there that's not relevant to us today. 
And much of what we see in the Old Testament is a type and a foreshadowing of what Jesus fulfilled in the New Testament. And I'm going to admit to you that there are things in the Old Testament that are more difficult for me to understand. I still have a challenge getting through the begats and some of the things that are in there and some of the legalistic things. I'm going like, you what? Why? Huh? You know? But I study it believing that it's going to minister something to me. I probably spend more time in Psalms and Proverbs and in the New Testament even than I do in the Old. But there's great things in Genesis and great things in Deuteronomy and Numbers. And, I mean, there's just wonderful things in the prophets. And because some of those things are a little bit more difficult to understand, I just bought a whole series of 14 books by a great Bible teacher that's not even alive anymore, and my next book to study is all of the minor prophets because I want to have greater understanding in that area too. And so really the truth is, is if you don't understand something, there's plenty of good quality help out there in books and CDs and DVDs that can help you get the information that you want to have. But everything in here is relevant to our, really, to our everyday life. All right. Nicole asks, the Bible can actually be quite overwhelming <laughs> just to tackle it start to finish. So what is a better way to tackle studying this book? Well, I think that Psalms are pretty easy for everybody to understand. They're very comforting. Proverbs are pretty easy to understand. And you can read one chapter of Proverbs, and honestly, you can get 15 lessons out of one chapter in Proverbs. It's that sometimes can be good and sometimes not because there's so much in each one of the chapters of Proverbs that probably by the time you get to the end, you've forgotten what you learned in the beginning. One of the things that I'm going to be encouraging people to do is to take a chapter, and it'll take you 30 minutes probably to get through a chapter if you really study it the way I want you to study it. And that's really just going to be really going to this and saying, God, now I want to get something out of this for my life. I want you to show me something here that I can apply to my life today, and I'm going to suggest that people keep a notebook and they just jot down the things that really stand out to them. I've done that with Psalms. I've done it with Proverbs. I find for me that writing things down help me get it in me, and I even do it in longhand. I mean, I'm sure a lot of you would rather use your computer, but I do it in longhand because it helps me get it in me. So Proverbs are good. Psalms are good. The New Testament is usually easier. The Gospels are easier for people to understand. It's all about Jesus, but one of my fondest and most loving places in the Word, and probably where I spend the large majority of my time, is the epistles. Colossians, Philippians, Ephesians, Galatians. I love those. You know why? Because they are practical instructions for my everyday life. It's pretty clear. Do this and be blessed. Do that and have a problem. Do this and be blessed. Do that and have a problem. Honestly, the whole book is just a recorded record of people, of people's lives who did what God told them to do, and their life worked out good, and people who didn't do what God told them to do, and life worked out bad. David's been studying First and Second Kings, and he came to me the other day, and he said, I cannot get over how dumb some of these kings were. He said, it is absolutely amazing some of the ridiculous things that they did, because you could see very clearly that as long as they were worshiping God and not idols, and as long as they were doing what God asked them to do, and you know what? That's not even being perfect. It's just basically having a heart. I want to do what God wants me to do. I'm going to make an effort to put God first. We don't have to try to be perfect because Jesus died for imperfect people. We do the best we can, and we know that he's going to help us be what we're not. He's going to stand as an intercessor in our place. And so really it's just amazing what you get out of here. The thing you need to do is not give up. 
Don't read something that you don't understand and then say, well, I don't understand that, and so I'm just going to quit and give up. You need to get in areas that you can't understand. The book of John is a great place to start. Matter of fact, when I taught my very first Bible study, very first time, there were 12 people there, and it was kind of funny because I was an office manager where I worked, and I invited all the people that worked for me, which was 12 of them, not realizing they were afraid not to come. And so I thought I was having a great success, but I went to my, my pastor, who was, I was in the Lutheran church at that time, and I said, if you were going to teach a Bible study, where would you start? And he said, the book of John. So I took John chapter 1, verse 1, and went at it. And you know what? I didn't have a clue what I was doing. But if you really, really, really want to learn the Word, God will teach you by the Holy Spirit. Okay. Another really good question. Amanda says, I'm a new Christian and I'm so hungry, which is great to hear, but I just don't know how to study the Bible. So what would you suggest? I know you just mentioned John. That's a great place for a new Christian. Anything else for a new Christian starting at the beginning? Well, if you start in John, you're probably going to stay busy for quite a while. You know, uh, 99 times in the book of John, he talks about believing. And so as a new believer, one of the things that's very good for you to do is just approach this like you're going to believe everything in it. Not have some kind of selective theory about what you're going to believe and what you're going to not. But if God said it, I believe it. If he said, give and it shall be given unto you, I believe it. If he said you're going to reap what you sow, I believe it. If he says the merciful are blessed, I believe it. If you are hungry, really hungry to learn, and you won't make silly excuses like, I can't understand the word, I don't have time. If you'll go to it and say, God, I am trusting you to teach me. The Holy Spirit, I'm a teacher, the Holy Spirit is the teacher, and he will teach you the word and give you understanding. And another good thing to do for a young believer is get in a good word-preaching church and get in a good small group Bible study where you have room to ask some questions and really learn and grow. That's great. That's good. All right, Natasha says, I have a lot of doubts right now in my life. I just don't know how to hear from God clearly in the midst of the chaos of a crumbling marriage. My attention is divided, so how can I focus during this difficult time? If you have a lot of problems in your life, Certainly the enemy wants to use those to keep you from finding the answers and the comfort that you need in the Word of God. We not only get instruction in the Word of God, but we receive comfort in the Word of God. It's pretty obvious that when the, when the psalmist David wrote the psalms that he was writing them out of great agony of soul, and he was talking about how God comforted him in his turmoil. And so I would say that no matter what is going on in your life, if you take just this 30 minutes a day, and I'm, you know, please understand, I'm not saying 30 minutes is any kind of a law. I don't believe in trying to tell people what they have to do and how they go about studying. I'm just telling you this is just a challenge to get you started. But if you will set aside that 30 minutes a day and go to God and say, you know what, I've got a mess in my life right now. To be honest, God, I don't even feel like I can focus long enough to, to hear from you. But I don't care if you do nothing else but say, God, I'm going to sit here and look at ink on white pages until you give me some kind of revelation, I'm going to be diligent to do this, and God is faithful, and he will meet you right where you're at. The enemy is using your problems to try to keep you from the very answer that you need. Okay. Bobby Joe would like to know, so many things are happening in my life. Um, I'm very busy, my job, my marriage, and I just can't seem to make the time to dedicate to spend with God. So what do I cut out? 
Well, any, don't cut out the marriage or the job. <laughs> no. But you cut out anything before you cut out God. Because Absolutely. none of the rest of it is going to work if you cut out God. You know, God is not a sideline. He's a main line. He is everything that we need. And I fought that same battle, the same as everybody else in here has. And for many years, even as a woman in ministry, I was rather proud of myself that I was working for God. One morning, I heard the Lord speak to me. I was actually driving my car. I was parking in my parking place at the office, getting ready to go into the church where I work. And I heard the Lord speak to my heart very clearly. And he said, you're so proud that you're working for me, but you're not spending any time with me. And so, see, even doing church work, even doing good deeds, does not replace that time spent with God. I actually believe that when we give God time, it's one of the greatest honors that we can give him. And perhaps in this society more than any other, because everybody is so busy. But you know what? If you're too busy, let me share with you what God told me. Joyce, don't complain about your schedule. You're the one who made it, and if you don't like it, you're the only one that can change it. Amen? And I prefer to spend my time in the Word first. Not everybody can do that. If you've got young children, that may be difficult for you to get out of bed before the first one starts crying and go spend 30 minutes in the Word. But I'll tell you what, if I were you, I would be so hungry for the Word. If you had to pay a babysitter an hour a week or an hour twice a week to come and give you time to study the Word, you know, we'll pay a babysitter to go out and eat. We'll pay a babysitter to go to the party. Why not pay a babysitter to come and give you time to spend with God? I mean, we need to be desperate to learn what we need to learn and to honor God first in our life. And I'll just tell you, I fought this same battle. It's kind of too long for me to get into how God really broke me of it, but he finally told me that there was no way that I could do what I'm doing. And this is what God said to me. It might be a little severe for you guys, but, you know, I'm because of all the people I'm teaching, I mean, the devil hates my guts, and he would love anything to just do me in. And God just told me, you, are, you cannot do what you're doing and even stay alive if you don't spend time with me. Deanna would like to know, how do I get God's word from my head to my heart and really start applying what I see? By studying. Reading gives it to your head. <laughs> studying gets it down in your heart. How do you get the nutrition out of your food? You chew it. You don't swallow it whole. If you swallow it whole, it chokes you. You don't get any nutrition out of it. We're told to chew our food and chew it well, and a good nutritionist will even tell you to eat it slowly and chew it slowly. Well, when you meditate on the Word, and just in case you wonder, meditation is not some kind of an offbeat Eastern religion word. The devil stole that from the kingdom of God. The Bible says all over the Bible to meditate on the Word. And that means to roll something over and over and over in your mind and ponder it and think about it and think about how it applies to your life and think about how things would change if you put that into action in your life. And now somebody is saying, well, I don't understand how to meditate. How many of you know how to worry? Well, if you know how to worry, then you know how to meditate. When you worry, you're meditating on a problem And when you apply that same principle of going over it and over it and over it and over it, talk to friends about it. Instead of gossiping about somebody at lunch, 
find another believer and talk about what you're studying in the Word with somebody else and ask them what they think of that and what they get out of that. The more time you put into the Word, the more you're going to understand it and the more you're going to get it into your heart. And go to God and ask the Holy Spirit to grant you revelation. Pray for that revelation. We don't need information. We need revelation. That's great. Final quick question because I think this is so important. And they didn't even want to give their name, but I think it's just so sweet and transparent. It says, I don't feel as though I'm smart enough to study and dig really deep. How deep is enough? And we don't have to be scholars for God's word to seep into our heart, do we? I love it because basically the Bible even teaches us that. You don't you don't have to be you know, there's a difference in head smarts or brains and wisdom. And every child of God is made wise through Jesus Christ being on the inside of them. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 1 that Christ is our wisdom from God. And you have wisdom on the inside of you, and that beats any number of degrees that you can get. And there's a lot of people that maybe never even graduated from high school, but they have got wisdom, and they can understand the Word of God. I believe the enemy is lying to you and telling you that you are not smart enough to understand the Word. Actually... The word is extremely, extremely simple. You reap what you sow. Give what you want to get. Treat people the way you want to be treated. Believe like a little child. Come to him like a little child. Pray. Ask God for what you want. He'll meet your needs. It's really very simple. I think the enemy's lying to you, and so we rebuke him in the name of Jesus. And I declare that you can learn the Word of God. Amen. You know, the Word of God is actually medicine for your soul. It really does a great healing work in us. I strongly urge you to know it. The only way that can happen is if you study it. It will change your life. Take the 30-30 challenge and let the Word of God transform you. Today we're offering the Everyday Life Bible in a paperback version. And this Bible actually is a study Bible that we've been privileged to help put together using the Amplified Translation, filling it full of my teaching notes and different articles that I've written, different life points, things that we believe will help you understand sections of the Word in in an easier way than perhaps what you ever have before. You know, we call this the Everyday Life Bible because I believe the Bible is for everyday life. It's not just a a religious book that is just full of doctrinal things that you can never understand. It's actually very simple to understand if you approach it in the right way. So I encourage you to get this Bible. If you don't have the Everyday Life Study Bible yet, I think it will really be a blessing. And what a great gift to give to someone. Help other people learn and study the Word of God. And God bless you. You have a great day. Throughout our lives, we collect things, things that have taken us to new places, things that help capture a special moment in time, things that are necessary for daily living, and things that make us feel special. But out of all these things, there's only one thing that really matters in your life, the Word of God. Order your copy of the Enjoying Everyday Life Bible with notes and commentary by Joyce Meyer and keep God's Word the main thing in your life. It's available today for a donation of $25 or more. Just call us toll-free at 1-800-727-9673.
or visit us at JoyceMeyer.org. You're sitting around maybe feeling depressed and hopeless and worthless and like nobody cares about you and you don't know what your purpose is in life. This is what God wants to say to you today. For God did form your inward parts. He knit you together in your mother's womb. My frame was not hidden from you, O God, when I was being formed in secret, intricately and curiously wrought as if embroidered with various colors in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed substance. I get this. And in your book, O God, all the days of my life were written before even one of them took place. God knows what's going to happen tomorrow, and he's already got it covered. God already knows about next year, and he's already got it covered. And then it goes on to say that God never stops thinking about you. He's got his mind. God has his mind on you all the time. So the next time you think, well, nobody cares about me, and nobody ever thinks about you, about me, I want you to remember that God's thinking about you. He's thinking about you right now, and he wants to have a wonderful, intimate relationship with you. There's life in the Word of God. There's power in the Word of God. by the friends and partners of Joyce Meyer Ministries. Ms. Jan, I had said this to you publicly and privately years ago that God was going to do something so genuine, so authentic from the Holy Land experience right here in Orlando. And it's amazing because people are coming from all over the world to see this place, and it is magnificent. I mean, it truly is magnificent. I I don't know if there's anything as beautiful on this side of heaven, Father God, on this property, on these steps, on this stage, on those seats, from the floor to the very top. Let the tangible, transferable anointing of the Holy Spirit drip, let it run, let it flow in thickness, in weight, in heat, in power. Father God, I thank you that this place will become a beacon of light and a beacon of hope for the helpless, the hurting, the hopeless. Father, I thank you. And look, I'm not saying this just to be churchy. I'm saying what I feel in my spirit. May people start getting out of their wheelchairs when their car tires hit the parking lot. May people cough up demons on their way into the church of all nations. 
May they throw their drugs in the trash can on their way in and pick up a Bible on their way out. Therefore, he tells you how to answer. He says, choose life that both you and your descendants may live. So God has provided the antidote. Watch Brother Dave in the Hour of Power's Fingers here on the Church Channel.
then the next thing you have to figure out is who is your witness. Because if, if the baker and, and the butler had not witnessed the, the power of Joseph in the prison, they could have never told Pharaoh, we know a man in the prison who is able to interpret dreams. I call them witnesses. Sometimes I call them sponsors. These are the people that take you from one season into the next season. They're sponsors. They take you where you couldn't go by yourself. I know you say you don't need anybody but the Lord, but you're wrong. You say you don't need nobody but the Lord, but you do. The Bible said, give, and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Catch this, shall men give unto thy bosom. God said, I'm not going to give it back to you. I'm going to send it to a man. So in between each stage, there's generally a gatekeeper, somebody who introduces you to the next season in your life. That's what my text is about. It don't seem like it, but it is. That's what my text is about. It's about a relationship that God had ordained to be a resource for Christ to bring him into another season in his life. The relationship does not stand, does not start in the Jordan. Though people talk about the Jordan all the time. Jordan River with John standing in the Jordan River and his, his, his hair standing there blowing in the wind and he's he eating milk and wild locusts and honey and he's standing there in his camel hair suit and he's standing there in the water and said, Behold, the Lamb of God was taking away the sin of the world. They talk about that all the time. In the book of Acts, it talks about all that Jesus began both to do and to teach, beginning from the baptism of John. It started, it all started at the baptism of John, but the relationship started before that, you know. The relationship is really a generational relationship that goes back to Jesus' mother and John's mother. John's mother being Elizabeth and Jesus' mother being Mary, and both of them being pregnant at the same time. Both of them by men who didn't understand the pregnancy. Both of them were being talked about at the same time. Both of them had miraculous births at the same time. And both of them were confused about it. You remember when they met and they saluted each other and the Bible said that the babies leaped in the womb? John, baby John, in his mama's belly, leaped when he sensed baby Jesus. And his mama's baby leaps. You know, when you meet somebody and something leaps, and you just know that you're supposed to do something with them, you don't know what the details are, you don't know, but you just know that this is no everyday person. This is a witness. This is a gatekeeper. There's something different about this. Anyway, the babies, Jesus is... John, we know that they met in the womb. We don't see where they met no more until down here at the Jordan. The irony is, you would think that Jesus would have started his ministry with miracles. 
You would have thought that Jesus, being the Son of God, would need anybody to witness his ministry. I mean, you, you say you don't need nobody for yours. So you would think that Jesus, being God incarnate, would not need a man to ordain him or license him or point him out. He'd just start doing it. Because so you say you don't need no man, you're anointed. So I figured if you're so anointed, you don't need nobody to point you out. I said, then surely Jesus wouldn't need anybody to point him out. But he did. Now, Jesus did a little, little ministering in the temple, but it didn't start there. He did a little, remember when he was 12? He went in the temple, got lost in the temple, and he ministered, confounded the doctors of the lawyers, but didn't start there because you can't start yourself. You need a witness. Witness, 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 witness. You don't want to be wonderful in your own eyes. There's a process for promotion that requires that you need a witness that authenticates it's time for a switch in your life. Don't let restlessness be your witness. Because if you start leaving stuff because you're restless, you're going to leave your kids, your wife, your job, your church. You can't be led by feelings. You need a witness. So here's the interesting thing. We see nothing from 12 to 30. 18 years silent. Nothing. Jesus is just a face in the crowd. Nobody even knows who he is. In fact, they're not trying to follow Jesus. They are following John. His cousin, John, the one in Liz's hand. Yeah. Liz's boy. Yeah. He's getting all the engagements, getting all the dates and everything. Liz's boy. Got a strange ministry, wild locusts and honey, and dressed kind of funny. Liz's boy. But they're all running out there to hear Liz's boy baptizing people down there in the Jordan. Don't have but one sermon, Liz's boy. It, Preaching the same thing every week. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Next Sunday, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Next Sunday, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, it don't seem like he would have had nobody in his church. Because after about a month of hearing you preach the same thing, I would do like we do. You know, I don't know what this means, but we, you know. John was limited for a reason. When God doesn't give you more, it's because you don't need more to do the purpose that he's given you to do. So don't try to be more than what you are. Just be good at what you are because you're going to fit. Anyway, the boys uh, hadn't seen one another 18 years we don't know that they've seen each other for 30 years. And uh, Jesus is in the crowd, 
and all of them come down to see John. And John points him out. Nobody was looking at him until John. They were pushing past him. Excuse me, excuse me. You know how people do when it's not you they came to see. See, there are levels. There are seasons. There are stages. You got to learn how to appreciate your level and your season and your stage, or you'll be frustrated trying to be something that you're not. When you come to the end of the season, there will always be a witness, and this is what you got to get. There will always be a witness. Jesus had come to an to the end of 18 years of obscurity. 18 years of obscurity. He doesn't have to break out. He doesn't have to fight out. Somebody, God ordained somebody to point him out. They put the finger on him. Behold, the Lamb of God is taking away the sins of the world. I don't know who I'm preaching to, but God said somebody's getting ready to put their finger on you. Whoever's supposed to hear this word, you've come to the end of one season. You're on the way to the next season. You're not going to have to do it on your own. You won't have to do it by yourself. Somebody's getting ready to point you out, and a breakthrough is coming. Still to come on the Potter's Touch. The contacts that he put in your life are for a reason and for a season. That out of those relationships will come the resources that open up the door to take you into the next dimension. You are not to worry about the money. When it comes to embracing your destiny and progressing to the next level in your ministry, you are not alone. Leaders just like you will be coming together to escape the prison of normalcy and develop strategies to break through to the next stage of effectiveness and influence. It's time for you to think yourselves clear for creative leaders to emerge and recharge. Draw upon the wisdom and know-how of idea generators like Bishop T.D. Jakes, Pastor John Hagee, Bishop Dale Bronner, Pastor Stephen Burton, Pastor Chris Hill, and Marcus Lang. Are you ready to invest in your bright future? Register today for the International Pastors and Leadership Conference, April 21st through the 23rd, 2016, at pastorsandleaders.org. Sometimes when you get ready to come to another season, people won't release you. They want to confine you to be who you were. So you can't evolve to becoming who God wants you to be. But right now, for whoever I'm preaching to, you need to just command everybody around you, release me, release me, release me, release me, release me. I can't be who I was and who I am at the same time. That's the biggest mistake you can make in your life is trying to live up to the expectations of who you used to be while you're trying to get the energy to become who God called you to be. You need to just forget those things which are behind and reach to those things which are before. You can't be backwards and forwards at the same time. Let it go! Glory to God. Help me preach this thing. 
He says, Behold the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. And immediately, not gradually, immediately, he went from, Jesus went from the background to the forefront immediately. It's quicker when you do it God's way. When you got to do it by yourself, it'll take you years to do it. If you wait to let God do it, it'll happen immediately. And all of a sudden, the crowd cleared out, and here comes Jesus walking out of obscurity into notoriety in a flash. In a flash. Watch this. Can I go a little bit deeper? So that him and John are talking. 30 years since I saw you cuss. What's up, man? Look just like your mama, boy. That's your grandmama's cheeks. I have a big old cheeks just like Grandma Effie. And they're down there in the Jordan. Jesus said to John, cuz, baptize me. And John said, oh, I can't baptize you. You Look at who you are. I can't baptize you. He said, you got to suffer it to be so, to fulfill all righteousness. Because it cannot be said that I made myself. No. You, I got to I gotta go through process. If Jesus had to go through process, you got to go through process. I got to go through process to make this happen. But, but here's the irony. Look at this. Can I show you just a quick thing? The boys is standing there in the Jordan, the Jordan River, you know, the salty Jordan River. Salty Jordan that flows into the Dead Sea, you know, just just above the Sea of Galilee, and then there's the Jordan, and then there's the Dead Sea. Somewhere between the Sea of Galilee, there's fresh water, and the Dead Sea, where it's totally salt, the Jordan goes salty, and it flushes. It represents our sins being washed into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. So they're standing there in the Jordan River, and they're having this conversation in the in the fluids. And the last time, they were in the fluid. And the last time they had got together, he was in his mama's fluids, and Jesus was in his mama's fluids, and, and John knew that this was a destiny appointment because the Bible said it was so strong that John leaped in his mama's belly and was filled with the Holy Ghost before the day of Pentecost and before the blood hit the cross, John was filled with the Holy Ghost. Elizabeth was filled with the Spirit. Zacharias' tongue came on. See, when you meet the right people, it's a sign all around you. It may take 20 years, but if it's right, the contacts that he put in your life are for a reason and for a season that out of those relationships will come the resources that open up the door to take you into the next dimension. You are not to worry about the money. It is not about the money. Your resource is going to come through your relationship. God is going to hook you up with the right people at the right time to take you where you have got to go. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? And your, your sponsor, your sponsor may not be related to you, but they will always be somebody who relates to you. 
on another level. You cannot be sponsored by somebody who does not relate to you. When you meet them, they may be on a higher level, but they relate to you. So cousin was standing in the water with cutting Jesus. Cutting. And they have what you would call a deja vu moment. Wow. Feel like I did this before. You did. Predestined, preordained before you was born. Here they are back in the water again, only this time it's on another level. Now I'm going to hasten to my close. But what God is getting ready to do in your life is on another level. It's on another level. Whenever you go to the next level, you always need a sponsor who is already there because people cannot take you where they have not been. So I'm going to pray for somebody in a minute. But this is what you need to do. Always friend up. Because if you can friend up, you're going to go up. Somebody up there relates to who you are without you pretending to be who you are not. This is going to be so easy. You're not going to have to fake it. You won't have to be phony. You can be your authentic who you are self, and they are you on the next level. That's why they invest in you, because they see themselves in you, and they're trying to pull you up into the next level of where you're trying to go. Who am I preaching to? Just let me know who I'm preaching to. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep this simple. I'm going to keep this simple, but I want you to rest right here on this top. John said, I'm not that light. There are some people in this room who have to come to grips with the fact that you are not the light. Your role in history is not to be the light. You are not the man. You are the one who points to the man. Don't let people try to force you into being the man. It is better to be a great sergeant than it is to be a poor general. Okay, John is happy to be who he is. We have too many church people who are frustrated trying to be something that they are not because you're trying to find ways to be recognized and be acknowledged, and there are only certain things we acknowledge and recognize, and so you have stopped being John and you're trying to be Jesus. John knew he was not the light. But he was good at pointing out the light. Are you understand what I'm saying? Do what you're good at. So your goods show you what you do. Do what you're good at. So your goods show you what you do. The level of your gifting will show you the level of your destiny. God will give you the giftings or the goods for what you are called to do. If you don't have the goods, don't do it. Listen, the most asked question that we get over the Internet, on Facebook, 
online, anywhere. It's this whole thing about purpose. I don't know my purpose. I don't know what I'm called to do. I don't know what my skill set is. Look at your goods, and you'll know what you're supposed to do. He will give you goods according to what he predestined you to do. If he gave you the goods to be John and you only got one message, do that one message and point at Jesus and say, that's the one right there. And you will get the same well done as somebody who had more because you only have to give account for the level of goods you got. I got to find where I fit. Just because I'm not the general don't mean the army don't need me. We need privates and corporals and sergeants and lieutenants. Everybody can't do the same stuff. John was not sent here to redeem the world. He said, I'm not the light. I'm sent to bear witness of the light. You will never know what you're sent to do until you know what you're not sent to do. I am not this. I am not that. I am not the other. So I am this. It takes a while to know what you're not. Do some dumb stuff trying to find out what you're not. Get crammed in some spots you don't fit, trying to find out where you do fit. You make some dumb mistakes, have some consequences, pay a price, had some babies, got in trouble, got into some perversion, got into drugs, got into all kinds of stuff, crammed in the places that were not you. Thank God you popped out, you popped out, you popped out, you popped out, you popped out. You popped out so that this stage of your life should be the best stage of your life that you ever had. Because you are strong enough as an individual to say, I am not this, but I am that. And through that, the doors, the doors are going to start popping open, popping open, popping open, popping open, popping open, popping open. Because when you know what you are and you know what you're not, you can do what you were created to do. Alas, I must stop there. It's such a big subject. It's so needed. Most of our requests, our heartbreaks, our burdens, our tests, our trials are coming from navigating through the field of relationships. Our children, our friends, our loved ones, our coworkers, our pastors, everything comes up under attack sooner or later. But greater is he that's in you than he that's after you. Stand still. See the salvation of the Lord. Handle people the way God would have you handle them, and it will change everything. May God bless you and strengthen you as we go. What I will not resolve and what I will not let go will kill my future. It will kill my destiny. No matter what has held you back, God wants to set you free. Is there anybody who's tired of living like a runaway? Dead that your yesterday is going to catch up with your today. Slap your neighbor and tell him I want to be free indeed. For your gift of any size, you will receive freedom. It costs too much on CD as well as three free indeed note cards, serving as daily reminders of the freedom that Christ paid for. When you are free indeed, you shock yourself because what used to get to you 
doesn't get to you anymore. And when you give to $70 or more, you will receive Bishop's liberating three-part DVD series, Destined for Freedom. Fear lives next door, and doubt lives across the street, and weakness is around the corner. But in the middle of all of that craziness in your community, if you can hold on to just a little bit of faith, a little bit of faith to pull you out of all kinds of trouble, all kinds of pain, all kinds of turmoil, just a little bit of faith. However, when you give just $120 or more, you'll receive freedom. It costs too much on CD, the free Indeed note cards, and the Destined for Freedom three-message DVD set. We also want to give you the Destined for Freedom decorative Presswood piece to remind you every day that freedom is more than a condition. It's your destiny. The shift God is making in your life right now isn't even about you. This is a generational blessing. wants to grow with you and go with you and develop you and shape you, but he can't do it if you read something or you let somebody teach you something or put you in a spot and they cram you in a hole and say, this is where you fit and you can't grow. You can't grow forward. Who knows what God has for you? Who knows who you're going to meet tomorrow morning? that don't fit what you thought. Who knows what God will show you next month? Tomorrow on Joni. Art is the God of second and third and fourth chances. What I had learned was performance-based love. Dutch Bradley shares why he needed all of them. Tomorrow on Joni. Be empowered with Marcus Lamb at the International Pastors and Leadership Conference on Thursday, April 21st. The pleasure of God brings the presence of God. And the presence of God brings the power of God. Receive a powerful and insightful message from Marcus Lamb. Thursday, April 21st at 11 a.m. Hosted by Bishop T.D. Jakes. Find out more at daystar.com slash Marcus. Did you know?
right. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, people. Good morning. Okay. Or not.
Much. I've chosen personally myself. <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you. Okay. All right. Good morning, everybody. Do I hear Arthur? I know I hear it because I hear the wind blowing. Well, you just heard it. Good morning, sweetie. Good morning. Good morning. So glad to hear your voice today. It's yours as well. Hey. All right. So we, um, I have to be at, I'm subbing, and so I have to be at the school that I'm at, I don't know, I think it's like 745, so um, I'm assuming Brother Sam is going to be taking over the majority of the call today, but I would like to, um, open. who's on the, who do we have on the line, we got um, Brother Arthur, Brother Sam on the line, if if you're one of the, uh, the prayer warriors, would you um, announce yourself this morning, please? Who else is on the line? I'm on the line. All right. We got, oh, we got, is that Apostle Erica? It is. All right. That's what I'm talking about. Yes. What a wonderful combination. Like a good Chinese fleet of of prayer warriors (laughs) that we have on the phone today. Um, (laughs) You know, like the perfect. Yes. Anyone else? Anyone else who would like to pray this morning? I I want to start out just really, really strong today. Anyone else? Aha. Anybody else who cares to announce themselves? On one? <clears throat> All right. So what we will do, we do it in, in, in this order. We will have Arthur start us out, um, then myself, and then Apostle Erica, and then Pastor Sam. So we'll go in that order. And, of course, as we do this, you know, we, we're going to try not to pause and break because I want to keep keep the momentum going. So anytime you're ready to start, Brother Minister Arthur, you can go right ahead. Are you still there, sir? Yes, yes. I thought I was off mute, but anyway, now I will. 
Dear most gracious Heavenly Father, it's in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our Redeemer, Lord God, that we come and enter into your throne room of grace and mercy, Lord God, just to commune, just to spend time with you, Lord God, just to speak with you, to seek you for wisdom, knowledge, grace, mercy, and guidance and directions for us throughout this day. Heavenly Father, we come, Lord God, first of all, to thank you, Lord God. Thank you for a new day, Lord God, for a new dawning, Lord God. We thank you, O Lord God, for the activity of our limbs. We thank you, O Heavenly Father, for our minds being fixed and stayed on you, ready and willing and work to worship and praise your holy name. We thank you, O Lord God, that our spirits are loud enough without you, with your spirit. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that your will is on our way, our ways are loud enough with your will for our lives, Lord God. We ask you, the Lord God, to order our steps in your world right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God. Father God, we come praying, Lord God, lifting up your holy hands to you, Lord God, for we know that you have already given us victory so beginning with Father God. We, Father God, we know that righteousness is, is your will and your way for our lives, Lord God, and we know that even when our ways uh, our ways are lined up with your ways, Lord God, they are pleasant and pleasing unto you, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you continue to show favor upon each and every one of our lives, Lord God. Lord God, let your favor rain down upon each and every one that is represented on this call and all those whom they, whose name will be called upon this call, Lord God. Father God, I won't stop and I just want to call out right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that you let your favor be upon the leader of this call this morning, this morning, as she speaks and bring the word, of Lord God. Let her speak the words that you have given her, Lord God. Let her have a tongue, Lord God. That which you have given, Lord, unto Aaron, Lord God. Even when Moses couldn't speak, Lord God, you used Aaron to speak for him, Lord God. Let her tongue be un, be be loose, Lord God, so that she would not be weary in what she's speaking, Lord God, but know that it has been already ordained by you, Lord God. Father God, let your favor be upon Sam's head, Lord God, the, the favor that you have given unto Joseph, Lord God, the, the, the acts of business, Lord God, that the business that he carried on for as a landlord, as a tenant, as a provider for his household, Lord God, that he will prosper, Lord God, even he and Nathan watching it, Lord God, as they develop their businesses, Lord God, that they will prosper, Lord God, because they're, they're righteous and they're seeking your will and your way for in guidance and directions, Lord God. Let the, let the favor fall upon Erica right now. The favor of Esther, Lord God, who had governmental power, Lord God, had, had the power to change the mind of the government, Lord God. Not only she, Lord God, but all those who are still in, dealing with government governmental business, Lord God, even Maria, Maria, Lord God, as they go up on their jobs, Lord God, that man will see the light that is shining upon them, and they'll wonder what type of glory is shining on them, but they will recognize that it's the glory of God, Lord God. We ask, Lord God, that you give us the power, Lord God, and the favor over our students, Lord God, those who have to go into the classroom, Lord God, that whatever so we have taught or we're teaching, Lord God, that they will be victorious of these tests, Lord God, and even as we lift up the children, Lord God. Let them be obedient, Lord God, and develop and come to know Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior. So as they go about their day, Lord God, they'll be going about to doing your business, Lord God, your will and your way, Lord God. They can walk right up 
for you, Lord God. Continue to keep us and watch over us through this day. We ask you to bind up the attack of the enemy and anything that will try to hinder or keep us, Lord God, from worshiping and praising your holy name. Because, Lord God, you are the one who has created us and called us to this platform, Lord God. So, Father God, let us not be weary in, in praying for others and, and ministering and just seeking your will away. But, Lord, let us go with a joyful heart, Lord God, knowing that whatsoever we ask in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we have already won the victory because you hear and you answer prayers. You're the one who opens doors, Lord, that has been shut. You close the doors that do not need to be around us that we should not walk in, but we are not going to be angry about them, Lord God, but we're going to rejoice, Lord God, because we have brought us through. Father God, we're going to stand on the on the base, Lord God, and just wave our banners, Lord God, and lift up our holy hands to you, Lord God, for you told us in the words, Lord God, even as you spoke to Moses, Lord God, use what you got in your hand, brother. Use what you got in your hand, and Father God, it's the power that's on high, Lord God. We just speak right now, Lord God, that these tongues that sit up prayers, Lord Lord God, that they will be answered right now in Jesus' name, I pray. And, Father God, I even pray for those who are seeking shut-in, Lord God. I even pray for those who are sent, who have even strayed or do not even know your name, Lord God, those who haven't even confessed the name of Jesus as their Lord and Savior, that they will see the light that is shining upon us, Lord God, for our faces are illuminated with radiant light, Lord God, because you have one who given us the victory. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. 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 Gracious and heavenly Father, we come before you this morning. We come before you saying thank you. Just thank you for waking us up this morning, oh God. We thank you for another day. We thank you for new mercies and new grace. We just thank you that you have placed it in our hearts to be on this line, that you have uh, placed it in our hearts to walk in obedience. In terms of all coming together, we thank you for the support and the love that we have <laughs> one for another. We thank you. We just thank you this morning for one another that we are here yet another day to be able to hear one another's voices, to be able to love and pray together, to be able to share. And all. And, and we just thank you that when we got up this morning, everything worked as well as it was. We just thank you this morning that, that you have just seen to it that we will come together, and that is a very, very, very serious and big thing because so many people did not have that privilege this morning. So many people thought when they went to bed that they were going to be able to get up this morning, and it just didn't happen. There are many people who went to bed last night in their right frame of mind and did not wake up as such. There are so many people who went to bed last night with uh, material possessions and something happened in the night and they don't have those things anymore. There are so many people who woke up this morning with situations and circumstances that were drastically changed from just last night, oh God. So we just thank you that things are as well as they are with us. And we just ask this morning that you turn our face to you and that you just place it in our hearts and spirits to count our blessings. That's 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 something that you've given to me today, uh, from last night in, in my sleep to this morning. Blessings, counting blessings, counting blessings, counting blessings, complaining less, looking around, seeing 
uh, how things are as good as they are. So we just thank you for all of the blessings that you bestow upon us on a daily basis, from minute to minute, from hour to hour, day to day, month to month, year to year, even things that we don't even know that you are doing for us, even keeping us from hurt, harm, and danger that we don't even know that you are keeping us from, oh, God. We just thank you for all of the things that you do for us and not just for us personally, but our children, our family, our community members. Oh, my God, we just thank you for, we just thank you. We just thank you. We just thank you. We come in this And then this morning we just ask that you just touch this mind and that you cover it, that it just does everything that you will have for this to do this morning, that it touches every heart that is supposed to heart, that you use us as individuals on the line to spread the message and love and hope to those who do not have the opportunity to be on the line. We ask that you bless those who want to be on the line, but for some circumstance or reason are unable to be on the line this morning. So we just ask that you use us as a vessel this morning to spread your message, to spread your message of love and hope and that you just give us the courage and the strength to continue to walk boldly, more boldly than ever before, more courageously than ever before in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. Amen, amen. Amen, Erica, you there? Erica, quit turk, quit, quit turking, twerking. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Am I supposed to be praying now while I say I'm making jokes, or is it Sam first? No. <laughs> you next. And then okay, Felicia who hides the background. <laughs> I'm sorry, okay, I'm going back on you. <laughs> Good morning, gracious Father. We thank you this morning for your presence, Lord. We thank you for your love and kindness and your grace and your mercy. Lord, we thank you for this opportunity that we are able to come together and fellowship one with another in your name. Lord, being able to share your word with one another. Lord, we thank you for the love that you have shown to each and every one of us, for had it not been for your son, where would we be? Lord, we thank you for overseeing each and every one of our lives and our households, Lord. We thank you for the protection and the covering that you provided over our households last night while we uh, slept and slumbered. And we thank you, Lord, for allowing us to raise again this morning to praise and worship you, Lord. We ask, Lord, that you continue to guide us as we go along our daily journey, Lord, and that you continue to edify our hearts and our spirits, Lord, that we're able to walk upright and persevere. Lord, we ask that as we walk this journey today, that the lives that we encounter, Lord, that you anoint us, that we're able to bless each and every one of those individuals that we cross paths with. Lord, we also ask if there are things that are... Um, within us that you deem unnecessary, Lord, that you purge those things from us, Lord, and that you continue to add those uh, necessary and essential things to us, Lord, that will allow us to continue to walk in an upright manner and be strengthened. Lord, we thank you for Prayer Shifting Ministries and Prayer Shifting Ministries families, Lord, thanking you for allowing us 
to continue to teach one another, reach one another, Lord, and to be able to share your name. We thank you for the fact that your word continues to be the foundation and the root of the purpose of Prayer Shift and Ministries, Lord. We ask that you continue to bless each and every member and household that's represented on the line. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen, Apostle Wheeler. <laughs> it's King, sir. King. Wheeler, King, King, Wheeler, whatever. <laughs> Act right, people. Act right. <laughs> Your girl, then I'll go, unless somebody else want to go before me. Brother God, we thank you for another day. We thank you for pressing into us the need to get closer to you. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us last night. Thank you for watching over us and keeping us up until the day that we said yes, oh God, because we all had our own process. We all had our own uh, walk that we were doing outside of you, and you watched over us and you kept us and you provided, even in spite of the choices that we made. So, Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you you held on to us up until this day where we can come before you, oh God, and just give you um, the glory, that we know the glory is all yours. It's not about us. It's about you. Father God, we just thank you that you have provided for our families on every level, both spirit, the spirit, soul, and body. Thank you for pricking in our, our spirit, pricking in our conscience to be willing to open up our lives and open up ourselves for you to flow in and work through us. Thank you for using our hands. Thank you for using our voice. Thank you for using our talents and gifts that were all from you as well. We thank you for those as well, oh God, that you are using us for your glory and is benefiting us for our good. Father, as we go forward today, we give back the day to you to show us what to do with it. Show us where to walk. Show us where to go. Show us how to maneuver around in this in this time, oh Lord, so that we can we can get the most out of the day for you. And Father, we thank you for the mediator of the line. We thank you for the one who will be coming forward, giving us the word and the message. Father, we also ask that you will give the mediator Sam Farley. We ask that you will give him traveling mercy as he goes forward to learn more, oh God, as he learns, help him to balance the the spirit, soul, and body and be able to use what he's going to learn for all aspects, oh God. You know what you have in mind for him, oh Lord, and as he goes for it, help him to retain and um, remember everything that is beneficial for him, oh God. And we ask that you watch over his family as he's gone, give them security, put a hedge of protection their own bodyguards, oh God, both spirit, soul, and bodyguards around them until he comes back, oh Lord, so that 
so that he has no strength, that he has no care, that he knows that they will be watched over, oh, Lord. And, Father, we also ask that you will continue to watch over those who are addicted, those who are in prison, both in spirit and in body. And we ask that you will watch over those who are still struggling with their faith in you, oh, God. Help them in their unbelief, oh, God. Help them in their, in their, in their moments of weakness, oh, God. Just as you helped us in our process, continue to help them, oh, Lord, Continue to provide them with people who are bringing seeds into their life. And as they pick those seeds up, they are slowly and surely coming into your presence. But, Lord, we know that the time is winding up, so help them to have that moment of clarity that comes to Yeshua moment where they just say, you know what, I'm just going to surrender all to you and that that your will be done in their lives. And, Lord, we just thank you. We give you honor and glory that only you deserve. In Yeshua's name we pray, amen. All right, anybody else want to pray before I pray? You're stalling, Sam. You're stalling, Sam. You're stalling, Sam. I just want to make sure. That's all. I ain't, mm. So I'm going twice. All right. Now, I'm moving off. I'm moving off. I'm moving off. <laughs> Oh, Father God, Rombo shitted a conrad dash and bokrande to go say shit to go say shit to go say shit to go brande to go under the gun to the gun to go under the gun to go under the gun to go under the gun to go shitted to come brande to go saka. Horomboshika take it at a combrande to go say she did it to go horomboshiti to come brande to go say she to go randa kashe she to go ramboko serakanda. Hobakande to go say she did it to come bromboko shakande to go shakande to go shandande to go kakaka. Ho boko shede de kaha, ho rombo shede de kombrosha kandare de koseke, ho rombo shede de kosakande de kosakande kehe, ho rombo shikarane de kondede kandere de kondede de kondede de kondede Horombrande de gode de gada de gorande de gose shi de gasara kombraka. Horomboshi gaha, horomboshi gada. Horomboshi de gada shi de gose shi de gose shi de gose shi de gose. Horombrande de gosaka. Horande kede de go horande de gasa. Horande kede de go horande de gasa. Hakande de gosa. Yes, Father, we praise your name. Yada de gosa. We glorify you, Lord. Rondo de gosa. We record We glorify you, Father. Rosh de gaha. Rande de go de 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 gandraka. Hapo de he de de go rande de gasa. Rande de gose. Haka rande de gosa raka. Harashande de go romboke rande de gasa. Rande de go de karande ka. Yes, 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 Father. Horande de gasa. Yes, Holy Spirit, we praise you. We glorify you. Mm, now, 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 now. Rombo Ladakada, Horondi de Gasaka, Hosharadokoseke, Shedakaraka, Horombokara Shedakoseke, Horombrakara Shedakosaka, and this Shedakanda. Horrendi de Gasande de Gande de Ganda de Gasande de Gosendi de Gosadaka. Horrendi de Gasande de Gosendi de Gosendi de Gosendi de Gosendi de Gosandra Sedakadaka. Horrendi de Gosendi 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 de 
We seek your word. We seek your word, Father. Let the presence of God rise. Mm. Yes. Yes. Let the presence of God rise. Let the presence of God rise. Mm. Now walk in the understanding, the strength, the revelation of the Holy Spirit as he's empowering your life. Walk in the revelation, the anointing of God that he is giving you to walk in. Pull not back, but trust in what he's telling you to do. Pull not back, but allow God to be God. Pull not back, but begin to see as he sees. Pull not back, but allow his Mm, his spirit just to begin to pour forth down upon your life and you will begin to walk in the heavenlies in the realm that he has called you to walk in you are anointed you are chosen and you will be blessed in Jesus name I pray amen Amen. Everyone who, um, thank you so much for everyone who blessed us this morning with prayers. We definitely need them. Um, Brother Sam, I'm going to have to ask you to take over now because I'm getting ready to um, go earn my keys in life. <laughs> so uh, if you could, you know, take over, that would be great. I would appreciate it. Yeah? Anyone else who feels like they want to come on in? It's so quiet. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm like, boy, that. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I got to go to work. Okay. Well, um, I don't know if Apostle King wants to take over the plot. Hello? Did she go on mute? No. I don't know where everybody went. (laughs) It's like when, you know, when Mama break out with a belt, like, where everybody go? Everybody was here when he was acting up. Everybody hear mama's footsteps. Like, dang, where everybody go? <laughs> okay. Okay, this time I'm funny. Okay. Well, I'm getting ready to um, have to get off in less than five minutes, but what I will say real quick is uh, what I had had on the menu before I realized that I had to work today Uh was about um, 
and I have to condense this thought real quick, was just about, remember when we were talking about cleaning house, <clears throat> we were talking about cleaning house, and, you know, we were talking about, um, you know, the things that we have to do to make sure that we are, and, and you said this, was that you, Alicia, that was talking about this last night? Throwing out, you know, what to keep and what to throw out, what to change. Mm-hmm. Was that that was when we were talking about that last night, right? Yeah, that was last night. Okay, I thought so. And so, what I thought about that, and this is actually something I'd written when I was at at the school yesterday, and I have uh, written about how we um, <clears throat> think about, you know, cleaning house. Of course, you know that we have to know, do it spiritually and things. But then I started thinking about our thoughts and how we have to clean house with our thoughts as well. Because I was, I was sitting there and um, I was at the school yesterday and you know the sign that says um, watch your thoughts because your thoughts become words. And then your words become actions, and your actions become your habits, and then your habits um, become your character, and then your character becomes your destiny. Mm-hmm. And I just kept sitting there, and I was I was just kind of staring and looking at that sign for a long time, and I said, "Wow, how true that is! How true that is! You know, it's so important that we watch our." our thoughts, because sometimes we don't think about them because they come so quick. They're always with us, though. We can't we can't shake them. We can't, you know, not answer the door. Like with people, we can't, you know, we're trying to safeguard ourselves. Okay, well, if this person call, I ain't answering the phone. Or if this person comes to the door, I'm not, I ain't answering the uh, the door. You know, if, if, if this person wants to go someplace with me, I'm not doing it. But our thoughts are, are ever with us. They're always, always always there. So it's so important, you know, that we really keep a thought because that's where it that's the seed and that's where um that's where everything originates from. And so it's so important. I mean we're gonna have the thoughts and thoughts are gonna come into our head. But it's so important. It's so important that we don't give those thoughts opportunity to take root. And that's that's what happens. You know, we cannot give the thought opportunity to take root because that's when all of those other things occur. So today, <coughs> excuse me, I just challenge all of us, myself included, which is why I always say amen, my own self. I challenge all of us to really watch our thoughts. And if thoughts come into our heads to combat those thoughts, that they are not what they should be. Because it happens before we know it, and it is a constant situation. It is a constant. And then so many things that we do and say happen because of thoughts. And so I just I just challenge everybody to, when those thoughts come up, don't allow them to take root. They're like weeds. Pull the weeds as soon as, as soon as, as soon as they try to, you know, try to get in there because, um, you know, thoughts are, are powerful things. They really are. They're things. They're entities. And, mm-hmm. man, what they can do. Because, as, as I said, everything originates from them. So for the good or for the negative, they have effects. And they do affect 
what we do and how we feel and how we relate to other people, and ultimately that means that they affect outcomes. So it's a moment-by-moment thing because thoughts are constantly coming. Whenever we have stimulus, when we touch stimuli, excuse me, when we touch things or when we see things, when we hear things, we think, you know, thoughts, interactions, and constantly, you know, all day long when we watch TV, if you're a person who's in the house and doesn't really have a lot of interaction with other people, you still have, you know, there's still the TV and there's still the rate. So it's it's all it's all interaction with the stimulus that's outside of ourselves. So I just challenge all of us to, you know, just kind of um, have that game plan that we're always talking about where certain thoughts come in our mind, you know, we're able to combat them with our tools. <clears throat> we're able to combat them with the tools that we've been given. That's my little mini, mini thing for today. Thank you. And I have to go with you. Okay. I don't know who wants to take over. Felicia, would you like to take over for a moment? So your your voice is the only one who's answering me. You said what? I said your voice is the only one I can hear. I think you're the only one who can answer me right now. <laughs> I think everybody went on mute. So, um. I'll 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 do a share and then we'll see if anybody else is on the call and then um I guess I'll I'll close it out. That sound good to you? Yep. And then I I'll be going I won't be able to come off me for a while unless I can sneak a moment. Okay. All right. Okay. Um, all right, so going in the line with what um Lisa was talking about as far as our thoughts and 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 how they take you know if we don't pluck them out um we will uh you know they can take root and manifest in different ways in our lives um I was studying Job uh, for a while, and, you know, even when we're in, like, negative situations, we make them worse a lot of times because we continue to, we continue to sow negative thoughts in the negative situation, you know, and therefore we never see the hope in it, we never see the hope or the light at the end of the tunnel because our focus is off. And and a lot of times, you know, we are stuck in the rut of whatever um, negative situation it is, be it finances, relationship, or whatever, because we don't change our thoughts, our, our thought process, and we don't we don't take our focus off of the issue and put it on God. And so, therefore, you know, we we go into a, a kind of depression. And I look at I look at the, the children that have um, a cancer, you know, and when you look at them, rarely do you see them, I mean, unless they're, like, going through the chemo or anything, even when they're going through chemo and radiation, they're 
outlook on life is so much better than someone who's older. They still see the hope and joy of life, even in spite of the fact that they know that at the end of the tunnel they might not make it. But they their hope is that, you know, the treatments that they're going through, the pain that they're going through will end at some point. And they're just like, that is what I'm focusing on, that this is going to end and that at the end of this, you know, I'll be able to live a normal life. And and that's where we have to be as the body of Christ. We have to understand as well that no matter what our trials are, no matter what our issues are, that is going, you know, even, you know, even scripture says joy is going to come in the morning. You know, you know, at the after midnight, here's the morning coming. You know, so it's there's it going to be a there's it, so God never told us that we were always going to have sunshiny days. He never told us that, but what He did say was that He would be there through whatever we go through. So it's up to us to choose to either look at our situation or look at God and, and look above what we're we're dealing with to hold on to the joy, hold on to the hope, you know, that at some point this too will pass. This too is gonna this too is gonna get out the way, it's gonna stop, it's gonna cease and I'm gonna be able to move on and live. And so I when I was looking at Job, you know, um he is a very good example of of having to look beyond, you know, how looking at your situation or and let your situation overcome you, how we have to, how we can't get into a Job moment. We cannot get into a Job moment because when you look at Job, um, you know, we everybody knows the story of Job. He had sons and daughters, and he had all this wealth, and, you know, he had a wife and, you know, and everything, and all of that was taken away from him, you know, because, again, God, at this point, there was no salvation, of course. So God has to kill off in, in us and around us what is not of him sometimes just so we can get back down to the basics. So even under Christ, if you're in in our walk, God will have to burn off, kill off, take off your past self, everything. You have to lose some friends because your walk and their walk will not be compatible. There's some things that you know, your wealth, your health, your there's something that you're doing with your health that you might have to pay attention to. So God will take us through these steps and these processes so that we can learn to look at ourselves and know that there's things about us that we have to, you know, let him fix and that there's things about us that need to be improved. And so with Joe, what he did was, he, when you read his story, he had pride in him as well as he, he gave glory to God, but he had pride in what he had. And his pride overlooked all the things that God had done. 
So he said, this is basically, he put, I, I was the one that created, you know, my wealth. I was the one that did this. I was the one that did that. And so when we take, when we put our, we put ourselves in the limelight of our situation and not give the glory back to God, it's no longer covered under God. It's, uh, we're covering it. And we have no power to cover anything in our lives. So we have to be willing to we have to we have to walk humbly before him at all times and it's so hard because the world says be proud of your accomplishments. Not be proud, you know, and, and so if you're being proud of your accomplishments and you're not acknowledging who helped you accomplish it, which is God, then you are no longer covered that accomplishment is no longer covered under the protection of God. And so, therefore, when we start our thoughts, start creating this this jungle of pride, well, I can do this, and I, and I this, and I that, and I this, and I that, and nowhere after a while, nowhere in your vocabulary, nowhere in your thinking is God being honored. You have turned yourself into God or into a God, small g. And so um, what Job did was and he was surrounded by quote-unquote friends who instead of encouraging him was causing more doubt instead of, instead of putting his focus back on who he should go to to um, to get his answers, who to go to. And and that's another thing when it comes to our thoughts and 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 processes. We have to be aware of who we have in our in our in our in our personal space. Who do we have talking in our ear? Who do we have talking into our life? Because that also brings seeds of thoughts that we have to now sift through and determine if this is, you know, and, and sometimes because other people's thoughts now become ours and we don't even know where the thought process came from. That's why in, in the word of God he says do not be, don't, don't be equally, unequally, unequally yoked with unbelievers because you're believing God for something and then this person that doesn't have the same faith that doesn't have the same thought process as you, their doubt now becomes your doubt, which causes your thoughts and, 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 and feeds thoughts into you that now you have to weed through. And a lot of times, like Lisa was saying, you don't even know that those thoughts are seeded in until they've taken root and, and now your thinking, your thinking is changing and that creates a, a a, a diametric difference between what God wants you to think and what you, you know, and and what Satan wants you to think and what you want to think. And so, what happened with Job? This is why we have to stop saying that we're having a Job moment. We have to come out of Job and have a Christ moment because in in with Job, he's he's around his friends, and his friends are telling him, "Well, what did you do?" You know, why, 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 you know, you're being prideful and you're doing this and you're doing that. And not one time did they pray for him. 
Not one time did they try to encourage him. They cast blame and they cast doubt and and all of this other. Uh, uh, they cast doubt and blame on Job, and then they cast doubt about God loving him and and all of this other stuff. And not one time did any of his three friends pray for him or go to God for him. And they sat around and they watched his misery. And that's what you, we have to watch as far as our circle of friends so that if I'm having a, a bad day, I don't need a friend who's going to feed more bad thoughts and doubts and fears into my life. You need to make sure that those who are around you, when they see that you're having a bad day, that they are willing to pray for you, that they're willing to that, that they take that time to encourage you and see the word of God into your life so that your thinking changes and you start being given the strength to weed out those negative thoughts and able to turn your thoughts around so that it gives you enough strength to go to God and be like, God, what is going on? And he will give you the answer to why you're going through what you're going through. But Job didn't do that. Job never once went to God. And, and even though he believed in God, he let his flesh take over, and he never acknowledged God. He just kept saying, what have I done? Oh, this this." You know, I wish I was never born. I wish this, I wish that. I did this, I did that. And what's so bad is even sometimes your closest person, which was his wife, he, his wife, the person that's supposed to be his helpmate, said, curse your God and die. So even she was tired of hearing him moaning and groaning, but even she didn't cover him in prayer. So then we also, this also shows us that we have to watch who is in even our innermost circle because those who are closest to us, girlfriend, um, sister, brother, wife, husband, if they're not willing to stand with you through your bad days and be that one to be your helpmate, and encourage you to go to God, encourage you in prayer, or even pray for you until you're able to do so, then they don't need to be in your in your inner circle, your outer circle, or even in your seven degrees of separation. You need to make sure that those who are in your ear are not the ones that will slowly have you dying based on what's coming out their mouth. But it takes one person, hallelujah, it takes one person to turn it around. And that's the one that's looking at your situation from the inside, from the outside, looking in. And that's Yeshua, that's Christ, that's the Holy Spirit. And, and, and he comes in and he will tell you, about yourself, he will. If, if he's at your lowest point, we don't want to get to our lowest point where it takes us. It, it makes it harder for us to hear what he, what his instructions are. But from the outside of your situation, he will direct you to see your situation for what it is. It's not as big as what you think, and it's certainly not bigger than what God can handle. 
Yahweh God can handle every situation, but we have to be willing to put it in his hands. And when we put it in his hands, he will he will create more abundance. He will create a peace that passes all understanding. He will reverse all the negative that manifested based on your process of thought once you give it all over to him, which is what he did. At the end of everything, at the end of um, all of the trial of him talking to his friends and his friends belittling him and, and kicking him while he was down, when Elihu, and Elihu um, means he is my God. So basically, Yeshua came down. In the, in, in the, again, in the Holy Spirit used Elihu, and he encouraged him by telling him exactly what he needed to hear. And he told him, why are you, why are you, what, you know, the person who loves you by the eyes of God through the Holy Spirit will, will, will come and talk to you through the Holy Spirit and tell you exactly what you need to hear at exactly the right tempo, the right time, and, and will open your eyes to your situation so that it gives God the opening that he needs to come in and, and, and talk with you. Because after Elihu spoke, God came in and spoke with Job directly and said, who is this that darkens the council? So he even talked to, he, he talked to Job's friends first and said, who is this? Why are you listening to these people here who who don't who aren't even any basically anywhere near in a relationship enough with me to direct you in what your situation is? Who are you to question without coming to me and letting me explain to you what is going on? So God is willing to explain to us why we are going through. He will also give us a way out. He will also give us the plan that we need to follow so that we can receive peace, that we can, you know, finally get out of our situation. And then what he'll do is after he does all that, he will bless us in our obedience. If If we do exactly as he says, he will bless us. And in turn, we will, he will tell us, pray for those who didn't help you while you were, while you were going through. Pray for those who are, you know, in the process of him helping us out of our, our issues and our situations, he will direct us to pray for those who didn't support us. Pray for those who didn't help you or encourage you because maybe they didn't get it. But at the end of it all, when he was obedient, Job's thought process changed. And he said he had to apologize and say, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't come to you first. I'm sorry I didn't acknowledge you first. I'm sorry I didn't take counsel from you first. And after he did all that, God blessed him. Now, I mean, will he give us double portion? I don't know, 
But in his word, he always gave a double portion for those who were willing to be obedient and those who were willing to honor him and and acknowledge he was the one who did it all. And when he and when that happened, he said, I'm walking. Maybe not the way you go, but he said, I'm walking. So we have to go back to what he just said. We have to finish up our process and weed out the destructive thoughts that will manifest in something that we don't want to go through. And that is the end of that. Does anybody have any questions, comments? I have a comment. Yes. My comment is that I came to the school on the wrong day. <laughs> Man, I got in there. The lady was like, yes. And I'm, I'm here. You know, I'm supposed to be teaching English. It's like, we don't know how these teachers go. I said, well, and she looked and she said, are you Lisa? Yes. I have you down for tomorrow. Oh, how about that? So, wow. Yeah, how about that? Well, I appreciate you performing my civic duty. (laughs) And I just really hate that I didn't hear all of what you said because I was in the pool and stuff. Um, I'm going to ask you to repeat it. Can you give me the gist of it? I caught like the last 60 seconds. Would you mind with that? I don't want to irritate you. <laughs> no, I was I was just um, expounding on what you were talking about as far as like you know negative thoughts and and making mm-hmm. sure that um, you know making sure that we don't let them fester. And I was um, mm-hmm. referencing uh, Joe mm-hmm. and how he you know and how him you know letting negative thoughts come in and letting it just sit there, that mm. um, he his trial went longer than it should have because he just kind of sat there in it. And then the people that are that we have around us, we have to watch, you know, like you said, we have to watch who we have around us as well because his mm-hmm. friends were not any better. His friends were right. just pretty much, you know, throwing more garbage on the garbage that was already in his head. You know, and and that wasn't helping. So we have to be aware of who we have talking in our ear and even in our inner circle because his wife said, curse your God and die as well. So not only the person nearest you, you have to watch. You have to watch who, you know, watch your sister, brother, mother, father, wife, husband, then your friends and associates, you know, and, Uh and everything. So you have to watch all of that because they they be the main ones, you know, that the ones that you think should have your back. And we've all had that, you know, where the ones yeah. that you think should have your back is the main one telling you give up, is the main one talking about, well, what did you do? What do you mean what I did? I, I did X, Y, Z like I was supposed mm-hmm. to, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's just like you were saying, we have to watch. We see it's as Sarah told us before, it's not always just our thoughts. It's our mm-hmm. thoughts, 
God's thoughts, the devil's thoughts, and everybody and, and those who <laughs> the devil has come into our into our, our, our situation, you know. And when we do that, we have to start we have to start looking at how people speak around us to determine if that person, because, you know, we have to start weeding out who we associate with. And it's kind of it's kind of bad because, you know, you want to have friends around you, but then you start looking at their conversation, and it's just like, oh, okay, I never knew that's how you were. Okay, I got to back up from you a little bit because I can't have right. your negative thoughts affect me. Mm-mm. You know, mixed with, with my negative <laughs> because if you're already in a certain place, you don't need anybody co-signing on it. You know, you, you just don't need anybody co-signing. And, and, you know, sometimes people, you know, it's, it's, it's human beings are just interesting because, like you said, a lot of times people, people don't even realize what they are doing. You know, people, because a lot of times, you know, we speak out of, out of, um, uh, frustration, uh-huh. you know, bitterness, and you know, unresolved dreams, and whatever else you want to use to explain it. And um, and um, you know, so it's 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 like people can only speak from from where they are. Sometimes, you know, so if if sometimes the people aren't where they want to be then it comes out of their mouth. They don't do it on purpose. It's just all they got because it's all they see at the moment, if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, yeah. so it's, it's not, it's, it, it's, it's not, okay, it's like, um, you know, you might be, you might make a comment about something that you're doing or just about whatever, and then, you know, you notice some people always have, like, um, sarcastic jokes or, you know, whatever, and you're looking like, okay, the first couple of times it's funny, and then after that it's like, do you have to do that all the time? But that's all they got. Right. Because they're not where they want to be, you know, or, um, you know, just, just saying, you know, just like a hundred, like you tell somebody you want to do something, and the first thing they do is give you 101 reasons why you can't, if that makes sense. You know, I want to grow a garden outside. And instead of saying, okay, well, let's see how we can grow the garden. Let's see, you know, then it's, well, no, we can't do it because of this. We can't do it because of that. And by the time it's over with, you're like, well, let me go someplace and jump face first off the top of a couch. You know, it's like, okay, I'm feeling good before I tell, I ain't telling you. That. And not, I mean, that's just what people do. And they don't do it on purpose. It's just that if you don't, if if you are not, you know, happy or successful or whatever, 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 then certain things may come out, but it's, you know, without being malicious, you know, because there, there's a couple people, you know, in my life who I have to stop saying anything to. I don't fool with them anymore, but I, I just stop talking. Sometimes you just got to stop talking to people altogether. Yeah. You know, you know, I'm not, you know, I'm not promoting division, but I'm saying that's just what it is. You just got to stop talking to them altogether. But that's but that's the thing. It's not even promoting division. But that is what that's the only division that that God really um, 
I can't what's the word. That's the only division that God spoke about, dividing those who believe and those who don't believe. All this okay. other division, as far as like economics and religion and all that other stuff, that's all man-made. But God's biggest thing was separating yourself from those who believe on me from those who don't believe on me. And so the thing is, if, we're, if we are, you know, with us saying that we are going to live for God, you know, and that we're going to, we're, we're going a certain path, Sam has prophesied over all of us different goals and things that God wants us to do, confirming already what God has already put inside of our hearts. And so, and then when you go and share with some people, like you said, they'll be like, you can't do that. How are you going to do that? You know, what, how is that going to happen? You know, and it's like, therefore, you have to watch. You know, you you got you to gotta separate yourself from them to a certain degree because you, if you have this in your life and you know what God is trying, you know, God wants you to do, and they're constantly speaking or and casting doubt, then that hinders you because now their doubt becomes your doubt. Even though they yes. might not know that yes. they're doing it, their doubt becomes mm-hmm. your doubt. And they hinder. Right. And you, know? So you know what? You are absolutely right because it will it'll take the wind out of your sails. It will take the wind out of your sails. And then that fosters, that type of self fosters resentment. Yeah. Which, you know, can turn into bitterness and hate. You know, I know. I know. I, I know about that. Um, it, you, you are absolutely right. And it all falls in the same, you know, whether you're talking about, you know, spirituality or business or, you know, whatever. It, what, it, it's just logical. Yes, it's biblical, but then it's logical at the same time. Why would you why would you do that? Why would you be around anybody who doesn't share, you know, your who who isn't evenly yoked with you, who doesn't see your vision, who doesn't share your vision, who doesn't encourage you, you know, for the good, not not some foolishness, but for the good. Like that doesn't even make any sense. Right. You know, why would you do that? It just doesn't make any any sense at all. So yeah. Which is why you know, I was saying this so careful to guide to guide our thoughts, to guard our thoughts, excuse me, because um, just like we have to guard our hearts in those situations, man, if you don't protect the thoughts in your head and you don't have something ready, some, because the enemy will, we already know the enemy will use those folks to us. That, and so when you were saying, you know, uh, siblings or, or uh, spouses, parents, whatever, Man, man, man. Okay. I mean, we'll we'll use them to just obliterate you. And then what happens? A thought. And you, boy, that thought pop in your mind and you want to say some stuff. (laughs) You you know how it is. The first thing we think is, oh, I know you ain't talking. You know how we think. Oh, what? I know you not talking. The same person who does so-and-so and -and -and so-and-so or who did so, you know, it just gets so... That's why we have to guard those thoughts, man. And it's a moment-to-moment thing because it is much easier and sometimes euphoric, <laughs> euphoric, 
Mm-hmm. To just go clean the heck off on somebody who we feel has done us wrong or has hurt our feelings or whatever, it 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 feels good for the moment. It feels good for the moment. But then the problem is, is after that moment, and you start to get convicted for what you did, then it's a whole mess. Yep. It's a whole mess. So, you know, we, we it's so important that we that we have tools ready for when that happens because those moments are going to come. They are going to come. I didn't get you anything to drink. Yeah, go get some drink. You know, they you can even get a fountain drink. Those moments are going to come, man. Because I know that um. You know, I know. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, there's a couple of people close to me who is only one. Because you know me, he knows who to use. Because he knows I don't care about what nobody says. <laughs> I really don't. That's why I don't I don't get a lot of you. I don't really. But he knows who to use. And there's really only one person that he could use to say something crazy to me. And I want to say something crazy back. So he knows. He knows. <laughs> he knows. And that's why we have to be vigilant and we have to know too because so much about this stuff is awareness, man. It's so much is awareness. And I think we talked about that. I want to say we talked about that last week. Well, I could be thinking about church. I don't know. But so much of it is awareness. It's just being alert and knowing, you know, each of us individually. We know that there are certain um, general tools that the enemy will use. We know mm-hmm. that. But then there's certain ones that he uses to attack us individually because he got all of our tickets, all of our cards individually. Mm-hmm. So we have to know what those are. It's just like if we are, you know, a former alcoholic, a former drug addict, a former gambler, a former whatever, you know, when you had those types of issues, you know what triggers you to do stuff. Exactly. And so you have to stay away from those. And it's the same, you know, with the enemy, man. But you know what? What so when you said that he that he has tools, we have to remember that it can be as it can be as subtle as a pin needle, or as hard as a gavel. You know, it's like he can come in and just prick you, and that one prick is enough for you to be like to 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 start going in a downward spiral. So, I mean, uh, you know, addictions and stuff is like big stuff, you know, that you 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 were bound in. But when it comes to, like, little things like temper tantrums and selfish behavior and things like that, those are like little pinpricks that we don't even pay attention to because it's real subtle. And, you know, I even have to, because, you know, I have this thing about, you know, and I and I told my kids, I said, we're going to have to stop this. My, you know, like if I buy a snack in the house and they already have snacks, I'm like, don't touch my snack, my snack, leave it alone. And I'm like, wait a minute. So then I'm hearing them and everything is, you know, don't touch my juice, don't touch my this. And I'm like, wait a minute. There's no my. We're all in this together. You know, it's like there's little things that we even overlook that, we have to pay attention to, you know. And, and again, the world knows it, 
more so than we do. They call it consciousness. They call it, you know, being enlightened and being in tune with the energies and the and the and all this other stuff. When in actuality, it's just us knowing who we are and knowing what the Holy Spirit feels like and knowing what outside of that, what outside of ourselves and the Holy Spirit, what is not of God, knowing the difference, you know. And if we were to, if we were to really delve into the teaching that Sam has, um, you know, what has been put on Sam's heart about the spirit, soul, and body, we will have that kind of thought process. We would have that kind of, um, you know, in tune spirit that we need to be able to go around and and not be so like feeling like we're walking on eggshells or in the minefield, we'll be able to just walk. And it, it would just be a natural thing for us to go around all the, all the you know, the people and the issues and the circumstances and be like, you know what, it's here, I'm going through it, all right, let's keep going. You know, we could walk on fire and not be burned. You know, it won't be a physical walk on fire, but that in, in the spirit, we'll be able to walk through anything and come out like, you know, nobody would know. Nobody would know what our issue is because we're still walking into with the spirit and not with, you know, with the flesh, which is hard. I'm just, I'm just, but that's basically where we need to be. We need to be able to do that. We need to be able to do that. Uh, Felicia. Uh, okay. Hey. Hey. <laughs> yes, sir. I need to pray for you, and I'm going to do it now because I don't know, you know, if I'll be back on or whatever. Okay. You ready? Yes, sir. Okay. First of all, he told me, okay, now that you got done ministering to yourself. <laughs> That's the first thing he told me to tell you. Okay. Mm. In the gospel, he says that your 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 feet are shot with the gospel of peace, and you just talked about walking on fire. Continue to let him shine your feet to cover and protect your feet because you're going to be walking on fire. You're going to be going through hard and difficult situations and circumstances. You're not going to be able to go around it. You're going to be, it, it will be revealed to you sometimes before, sometimes during, but it, at, at his time and his way, he will reveal those things to you. But you make up in your mind that you're not going to get off the path. It's funny because a lot of things that you all were talking about I had, um, right after I prayed on the call, I called a friend of mine. I was ministering to him, and it was the very same thing, you know. The enemy is trying to get you in walking in fear, covering your mind and your, and, and your thoughts, because that's what he's trying to get you off the path. It says, the steps of the righteous man are ordered by the Lord. 
Sometimes you got to trust the steps. Let God fulfill the destiny that he has called you to do. Felicia, you are in over your head. Felicia, the things in front of you, you cannot accomplish in and on your own strength. It's designed that way. He's training you to submit, to seek, to humble, and to be obedient, and he will bring things to pass. Let him be God. It's not your job. It's not your responsibility. Easier said than done. He's slowly tweaking and getting you to the point where you are more and more walking in him and less than you, less of you. So just continue to let the process occur. He's growing you up. He's covering you. He's keeping you. Let him be God. Walk in the fullness of whom he called you to be, and you will be blessed. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm going back on mute. Amen. All right. All right. Just threw a grenade and left. Boom. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. What you talking about, Willis? Anybody else have any questions, comments, concerns, revelations they want to share? Well, if you are doing prayer requests, you can pray for me. Okay. Okay. Yes, sir, I am. All right, Father God. 
Father God, um, we thank you for this man of God. We thank you that um, for his determination. We thank you for his submission. We thank you for his willingness to, in spite of everything that he has gone through, his willingness to be transparent, his willingness to walk in the path that you have put before him. Lord, we ask that you'll watch over his heart, that you'll watch over his thoughts. Put a... a, Give him an alarm system for both, O Lord, that anything, anyone that tries to put seeds in that don't belong of you and that are a detriment to him, Father, let his alarm system go off and that as the alarm system goes off, you go in through your Holy Spirit and you chase out, destroy, seek and destroy that which will try to exalt itself above you in him. And Father God, we ask that you will continue to watch his steps. You have ordered them. Watch his steps and help him to, um, amen, um, and help him to be able to see clearly you know, the path that has been set before him. Uh, you, go, you don't give us the whole picture, Lord, but the picture, the part of the puzzle that you have, the next part of his puzzle that he needs, oh, Lord, let him see it clearly. Let him be able to find exactly where it goes so that he can live stress-free. the stress that is of the world. There is a stress in the spirit. There's a tension that is needed for everything, for there to be a movement. But the, the stress that is not of you, Father, let it be released from him at this point and endue him with peace, O Lord, so that as he goes on his trip, as he goes and he comes into contact with other people, that his ministry and his ministering does not, (laughs) okay, okay, so you do know this is a double, uh, uh, this is, this is like uh, not just a a linear trip, correct, Sam? Mm -hmm. What do you mean? That it's not just for you to go and gain knowledge about the business. Didn't know, but I wouldn't be surprised. Certain <laughs> <laughs> things happen that way. <laughs> well, I'm letting you know that it's not a linear thing. It's not just you going to gain knowledge. Um, my antennas off then? Huh? I can't. I can't turn my antennas off then, huh? No, you cannot. No, I mean the thing is, your. And when what now that because you know who you are, and because you are who you are, you can never put your antennas down. You can't. It's as simple as that. 
um, because not only do you always have to be on guard, you always have to be um, um, conscious of your surroundings and the signs that God puts before you because during this trip you're going to be ministering to several people. And he's going to direct you to those people because they have been seeking they have been seeking and no one has been giving them what they've been looking for. Isn't that special? And because of that, and it's going to be a casual conversation. It's going to be a. It's going to be. You've you've had it before, where God had you, the Holy Spirit had you, you know, say hi to a certain person or just strike up a conversation, and it just went from there. It's going to be that kind of thing. So it's not going to be where you have to go and you know. And be, hey, I'm Sam, and I'm a minister, you know, none of that. You know how that, he knows how you work, and that's basically how it's going to happen. But there are several people that you will come into contact with that you will be ministering to. So you will get something out of it, but they'll get something out of it too. And just um, be, 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 you know, be you. He, that's That's basically why you get to go. That's basically why you're going. The opportunity didn't just happen. It, it it manifested because this is what's needful. And you weren't gonna go at first. And that's and that's the thing, you weren't gonna go, but it kept beating at you that you needed to go to this conference. So as you go, Father, we ask that you will cover this man of God. You put him out for this. You you set this up for a certain reason, for a certain for this purpose. And so, wherever he goes, from the the travel from home to the plane, traveling mercy on the plane, Father, because he's on there. That plane is covered under your protection from the from from the nose to the tail, from wing to wing. Make sure the engines cover the pilots. The, the 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 stewardesses, everyone on there is blessed because of his presence, oh God. And as he goes forward to his destination, let his landing be sure. Let his travel to the hotel be safe. And let everything that in between until he returns home be all for your glory and for his good. Direct his pathways, direct his speech direct his actions, because those who see him, you are letting him be that living epistle. So people will know who he is and whose he is just by the way he enters the room. And so, Lord, let his atmosphere change based on where he is so that everyone is conducive to learning and knowing who you are. Even if it's just by him saying good morning, they will see you in him. And, Lord, we just thank you that you will continue to watch over him and his family, even as he's separate from them, for his good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen, evangelist. Oh, God. Um, and Erica asked for prayer, so I'm going to pray for Excuse me, pray for her real quick as well. Um, and Erica... I had I had asked you before about, you know, 
Um, Sam, Sam keeps, you know, saying Apostle King, Apostle Erica, and um, what's so funny is that uh, <laughs> uh, the role of an apostle is 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 uh, is well. <sighs> uh, the role of the apostle is basically to take. I'm going to read. Let me just read the definition. An apostle is a vigorous and pioneering advocate or supporter of a particular policy, idea, or cause, a messenger or a representative, a promoter, a champion, an advocate, and a supporter, a booster. They're also a discipline, I'm sorry, a disciple, a follower, a missionary, or an evangelist, you know, the apostle is a title, but the definition is what you are. Your advocacy for the seniors and for those dealing with major diseases and things like that, their mental health, that is you. We spoke on that before. and But just like the apostles, they went and they taught and they so you're you are an apostle. Let it be wrapped around you, woman of God. Wrap it around you because that's what you are. You are a supporter. You are a vigorous. You you are that one that is needed for this time because so many people are being pushed to the side. But you are a unique individual. You are a unique advocate because you're not just dealing with the book side of the issue. You are also dealing with the spiritual side of the issue, which is very meaningful in the church because what happens is because you know who God is and you know that he's a healer, not only can you talk to these people in a medical way, but now you can apply the word of God to it so that a healing will be manifested. That is what is, has been wrong in the body of Christ. We have been separating the mind and the spirit, the body and the spirit, when it comes to our healing for so long that we don't put the two together like it should be. So, woman of God, you are going in and you are merging the two back together. We're no longer, we are not bipolar. Our mind and our spirit need to be merged back together. And that is what you are. You are that person who's pioneering, Apostle King. You're going to be pioneering this move of God because he wants us whole. He doesn't want us to be where, oh, that's a mental issue. You need to go to the doctor. No, that is a spiritually mental issue. So we're going to deal with why you're thinking that way, and then we're going to apply the word of God to it. So, woman of God, walk in this 
that he has put in your hands because there are so many other doctors, psychologists, psychiatrists, and counselors who are Christians who don't know how to do what God has put in you to do. And so you will be teaching them as well as doing it. They're going to see the the successes through God that you're going to be doing, and they're going to be calling you and asking you, the apostles and the the ministers that you want to minister to will have you talking to those in their congregation who are clinicians and psychologists to do what you do so that they can have what you do at their church so that they, because they understand that it's not a separate issue. Everything is connected. So, Father God, continue to, 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 continue to work with her as she submits her hand to you as she submits her, her, her body of work to you so that you can direct her in the path that you want her to go. You've had her go through the lessons. You've had her go through the school for, for this time. And so, Lord, just continue to strengthen her spirit, soul, and body so that she'll be able to walk the way you want her to walk and do what she wants you to do. You have given her the vision, oh God. So open the doors that are needed so that your will can be done for your glory and for her good. And watch over her family and her seven degrees of separation as she goes through this process. Let them be an encouragement to her, not a detriment to her. Let them speak and pray over her. In this in this time, because she's being a pioneer, and because she's being she's going to have to be vigilant, keep a hedge of protection around her, oh Lord, around her mind and around her spirit, so that she can continue to walk in the combined efforts that are needed for this time. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. And wow. Thank you kindly, ma'am. You're welcome. Anyone else? Me. Who didn't say me? We say me. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't think I knew about that, did you? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Lisa. Lisa. You know what? Here's the thing, Miss Ma'am. Uh oh. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, Erica, I don't know if you can talk, but um, you know how Pam has mastermind um for business. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say this. Are you, uh, not say question, ask you this. Would you be willing to start your ministry on this line with the with the okay from Sam? I don't want I'm not, I don't, but I see that, that we need to have that same training on the line. Because all of us are dealing with, all of us are dealing with 
different issues and circumstances. But because of what God wants us to do, we're also going to have to be able to deal with mental and spiritual as we go through the ministries that God wants us to put out there, dealing with the youth, dealing with um, business people and and that like. We need to be able to deal with mental and spiritual. And so if you'd be willing to teach us even like the basics of, you know, of, of, of what you deal with, it would be awesome. Because the thing is, we have to learn. We have to learn. And they come back to Lisa. Lisa, take the time. So today you set aside to go to the school. Take the time today to really focus on what God wants you to do. Like we spoke on last night, really focus because my thing is we don't, there are opportunities that are being presented that are distractions. And there are opportunities that are being presented that are of God. The distractions will throw you off course, and they'll they'll detour you. So that'll make you go go a little bit off from what the path that God has orchestrated. Now we had a, we you know you 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 came to the conclusion that you you know not being at your job was a blessing. And now all of these opportunities are coming your way. Now it's time for you to sift through those opportunities and find out which is God and which is not of God. Because um, if 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 if, if it's not of God, then what's happening is it's, making you take, is splitting your focus and is splitting your energies and you're going to be tired and you're going to be mentally tired as well as spiritually tired because you're, you're, you're trying to help everybody at once and it's, and it's not going to work. So you really do have to sit down and figure out which is God and which is not God. And also continue to just understand that your babies see and know the love that you have for them. That has never been a question. That has always been a known. So rest in that. Rest in that and understand that um, their love is unconditional, just like your love towards them is unconditional. And just continue to walk. Continue to walk in what you know God has been saying to you. Don't let the past blur the lines of the path that he's putting before you because the path is great. The path is great, and it, it, it brings a peace. And it'll bring, the peace is better than anything else, you know, than anything else. So let that path be exactly what it should be, your pathway to peace. In the name of Yeshua, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Anybody else? Mm-hmm.
I like to say something. I like to pray for you. Okay. When we get there, you know, uh, when we get there, I don't know if, if you're done, you know, whenever we get there. Or, or say, I don't even know if it's a prayer or it's a, something. I just want to say, I don't even know what you call it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what's so interesting to me is I was listening, and I just texted Sam, and I said, the he knows she's a prophet. Um, you know, it, it it was just so interesting that we were just talking last week. I believe it was the tail end of last week about you finding your voice and how. Yeah, it was last week. You were talking about you know you finding your voice and you felt that um, your voice had been silenced by your dad and no, it was Monday and you know different things like that and and I was just sitting here thinking, oh my God. Wow, you're doing the Bible study. You did a fantastic job today. You know, when we talk, you minister to me. I'm like, wow, I wonder if she really realizes just how much her voice is, is not only found, but it is it is absolutely just astounding, um, you know, how much you've grown. And I don't even know the fullness of it. Only you know that. But just since being on the line, and it's just so amazing um, when you, because when you're in the background, you know, that's the difference. That's, that's one set of circumstances, you know, you're kind of quiet and you, but when you're put in the foreground, when you're brought to the front, it's just amazing what comes out. And it's just amazing um, just how strong and confident you are, and it's very obvious that you study, it's very obvious that you spend time, it's very obvious that you, you know, that you research and that you are Bible scholars. So many things are so obvious. So I'm listening to what you're saying about Erica's ministry and um, Sam and, you know, all of that. But then I was thinking to myself, I wonder if she knows about herself. Like, I wonder if she sees herself. And so, you know, we we know that, you know, Sister Erica is, we already know her destiny. Like, we know her destiny without a shadow of a doubt who she's destined to be. But I just ask you about you. Do you know your destiny? Because you have a hum, uh, just a huge and very strong and profound uh, anointed destiny as well. Sister, <laughs> I wish you could... I, I think that I, I, you know, I challenge you to go back, and since this is being recorded, I challenge you to go back and just listen. Listen to the recording. Just listen to it. Listen to yourself. It's amazing. Like, you could have a show. You could be on TV. You know, give you a 30-minute segment. You know, and your voice, because it's so it's so soft and it's so sweet and it's so, you know, soothing and, and non-judgmental and I mean, wow, the work that you could do for people. So I just want to put that out there, too, that if Sam is going to be, going, you know, running minister training programs, you might want to sign up, too. <laughs> I'm just saying. And I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who feels that way. So what I want to say is walking, you know, 
continue to do what you're doing and walk in your, you are anointed as well. And uh, just continue to do what you're doing because you have a great work. Just, you know, as well too. Just the same. Seriously. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Good morning, sisters. Hey, good morning. Good morning. This must, this must be the week for putting everybody on blast. <laughs> it seemed like everybody had a turn. <clears throat> well, you, you know how it is. We, we just so glad that you're here now. All right. Come on, Felicia. What you got? What you got for Pam? <laughs> Look, we all had a, we all had our turn. What what you got? What you got? What you got? You know, Pam, what is your business? You mean like what's my background? Yes. Accounting finance. Oh, <laughs> oh God, you got a sense of humor. Jesus. Oh, okay. she's doing she's doing that Sam laugh. I know. No, you know what? I, 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 you know. Oh my God. Okay. All right, Lord. <laughs> okay. Um. All right, Pam. 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 God is awesome. He is awesome. For real. Yes. I agree. Uh, yes, he is. He is awesome. Okay. So Pam, you know, you've been you've been doing the mastermind call and um this ministry this ministry is is Prayer shifting ministries is very important, and it's more important than we thought and we think. Um, and we have to start. Uh, we have to start speaking in our strengths. And I say that because Pam, um, like Sam always prays for our finances and stuff like that. And he's getting an understanding. But because you have a mastermind in regards to that, um, that I would love to hear you pray for our finances because you understand the root of it and you understand the spiritual side of it. And we everything is so connected, it's not even funny. Oh, my God. Okay. Let me focus. Pam, you are exactly where you need to be. And... You have been wanting to start the. You want to, you know, you you're wanting to start the business. You want to start your business. You want to start your business, and you've been trying to figure out exactly what, where your niche is. 
you know, exactly what you're supposed to be doing with all the knowledge that you have. And it's coming. It's coming. We've all been put on hold for a season, for the season to come around where everything that has been planted in us will start growing. God has been watering and watering and watering, and we have um, there's a there's a word for it. Lord, give me the word because I just saw it the other day and I just thought it was and it stuck with me. Um, it's not fermented, but you know how uh, they start planting. You know they start in the cups. You know they put seeds in cups and say and wait for it to sprout. A seedling. Thank you. That's where God has had us for so long because a lot of the seeds that were planted within us were not growing. They were not growing. And and it was only because of there were so many things that we had to cast off of ourselves. He had to continue to, you know, continue to plant seeds and plant seeds until the seedling would actually manifest. And what's so awesome is, you know, Sam said, Sam's been saying it for like the past year. He's like, there's been such a change in everybody on the line. And now that's because that the seeds that he has planted within you and within all of us have now sprouted. And so now he's able to put those same, the seedlings, the, the, the 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 little green things with the bulbs that's been sitting in cups on the on the shelf of life where the sun has been shining on it, he's now able to put that in good ground. And the thing is, once he puts it in good ground, it's gonna grow real fast. Be ready for the quickening. Not just Pam, all of us be ready for the quickening because we're we're about to be put into very good soil. And because it's very good soil, we're going to be growing really fast. But the good thing is we're growing in the right way. There's nothing hindering, there's nothing stopping. But Pam, once it starts, you can't pull back and you can't go back to old mindset. You have to continue on the path that you've been on, letting all the old stuff go, letting past comments and hurts, let them continue to burn off of you because what's happening is that scar tissue is starting to heal. I mean, God has taken the scab off. He's letting it breathe. And so that scar tissue is is starting to heal over correctly. So don't pick at it. Don't let nobody else touch it. And once you turn around and look at it, you're going to know where it is because every blue moon you might get a twinge. You know, like when somebody breaks their leg or whatever. I don't know if you've ever had, I've never had a broken leg, but I've had a sprained knee. And every once in a while, you know, certain types of weather come and I might get a twinge. 
It's only going to be that, a twinge. It's not going to be a relapse. It's not going to reoccur. It's just a twinge so that you don't like, yeah, this is something that bothers you, but don't let it bother you. It's going to go away, and it'll go away as long as you don't pick at it or let anybody else pick at it. So just continue to, to strengthen yourself in the Lord through your studies, through your prayer. And, Lord, we just ask that as she does that, the people and issues that are a detriment to her growth are burned off and cast away. They walk away. They go away. They they just, you show them the door and close the door so that she can walk in peace and watch over her family and her friends and her seven degrees of separation, strengthening them as they go about. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen, Miss Prophetess. Yes, see? I just sent the saying that, see? Okay, I'm, I'm going I'm, back on mute. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm listening to you, and I'm thinking all kind of things. Um, one, prayer shifting ministries, um, Never really, you know, gave it much, you know, the name of it much thought. But last week when um, one day I prayed for Sam and I was talking about God using him and, uh, you know, I just start this call and how it has branched out to, um, you know, to the church service on Sunday, to the mastermind call. We got Bible study. Um, you know, we got Lisa conducting, you know, on Wednesdays or, you know, or, or a different person on Wednesdays and how that is branches of um, of this main tree that oh. God used Sam to, to plant. And I had never thought about that. I mean, literally, when, when I prayed that, that was, that was you know, that was given to me because I hadn't even, like, thought about that. Um and so when you, you know, when you talk about, you know, when we think of the name shifting, you know, look how the call has shifted. And, you know, and if you look at it as a tree, we got all these different branches that are, you know, that have been extended from this tree. Um, the mastermind call, Sam actually started it because he did the first book. And then um, during one of his calls, I used a reference from the book that we're using now, and then after the call, I was like, you know, we should, you know, you should do this for, we should do this for the next book, you know, when you finish this one. And he was like, okay, you can lead it, you know how he, is. and 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 you know, so it was like, okay, I walked right into that one, um, you know, but I guess that's how, you know, like it, it's supposed to to be or or so forth or whatever. Um, when you talk about me wanting to start my business for um, for a lot of years, going way back, um, I've sold Mary Kay off and on, and I've really been feeling wanting to restart it, but to also um, to help um, the people on my team with with their finances, and not from um, like the financial experts where, you know, they're telling them how to invest and, and that type of thing because that is not my strong suit, but from a day-to-day aspect um, because I've lived it 
and I can talk from experience um, of, you know, of what to do with your money and, and how to track it and, you know, and the, the bare bones about it, you know, before you even get to the point of being able to invest. Because if, you, if your um, daily and monthly spending is all jacked up, you have no money to invest. You know, so that's that, that's that's looking high. You got to take care of the, you know, create your foundation first before you can elevate yourself to to that level. And there's some financial people who talk about it, but um, but but not enough, you know. And if you've mm-hmm. never truly been through it, then you don't understand how difficult it can be for people to to get their finances. In order, I mean, because like with everything else, and I don't think people understand this either. It is a mindset, you know. You have to to reprogram yourself and how you think about money and and how you utilize money. And if people if they don't get that, and if they don't accept that, then they're they're going to always have money problems. You know, I mean, it's just like with everything else. You know, with losing weight, it is a mindset. You know, you can go on a, on all the diets that you want to, but until you get the mindset that you are going to do what you're supposed to do, meaning, you know, exercise and, and eating, um, you know, differently and that, then you're always, your, your weight is going to always yo-yo up and down, up and down, up and down. Every, everything is a mindset, and, um, and with money is, is no different. And so... Um, you know, it's just it's it's interesting what 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 you were saying about that. So thank you, ma'am. You're welcome. Amen. You know, if I may chime in, um, I was it's something I've been thinking about for years now. Um, and my son <laughs> the other day said something that made me go, "Wow." This is kind of the way things, and I've heard this before. We have to, sometimes I think that people think because, you know, believers are believers and church people are church people, that there is some written or unwritten thing that says that we have to be poor and broke and, you know, suffer and whatever, and that's just not the case. It's not, Mm -hmm. and we have to. We have to support each other, and that's something that, you know, we know that black folk in general don't freaking seem to get. Mm-hmm. So we're support from bull junk. We're support some stupid stuff. You know, we will support some foolishness. But just the day-to-day-to-day-to-day-to-day stuff, we, it cannot work if we do not support each other. And it's cool to, to be on the line and pray, and, and, and we're supposed to do that because that's the foundation. That's what we need. We have to build each other up spiritually, but also financially. Mm-hmm. We have to support. We have to support. Well, that's what I need. That's the thing I sent you, and I'm going to send it to you too, Pam, today, right when we are off the line. Um, the lesson, uh, the sermon that I sent you, uh, Danita, oh, my goodness, uh, Felicia, about it's time for the church to go. We have got to support each other. If we have business, see, this is the way that I roll. This is the way that I was taught. You know, if if Pam starts a financial planning business, or I don't know what you would call it, Pam, but, you know, your business, mm-hmm. even if 
I don't need the download service. Mm-hmm. Either I'm going to find somebody who does or I'm going to find something about that service that I can use and support her, period. You know, if I'm going to take some money and I'm going to spend it with some white, some other people or if I'm going to spend it on something else, but this person is in my crew because we are squad. Mm-hmm. If, this, if that person is, is on my squad, then I'm going to find a way. I don't care if I donate. Something, something is going to happen because that's every other person who is, I'm sorry, and this might be getting off church stuff, but every other person that I know who is uh, successful did it with a squad because they all supported each other, because they bought from one another, because they did business together. That's how we cannot do it by ourselves. If dogs on it, Pam, if you selling Mary Kay, then guess what? If I ain't never wore lipstick in my life, I'm going to start today, or <laughs> I'm going to buy some and give it to, you know, Christmas gifts, whatever. That's the kind of stuff that we have to do that goes beyond just lip service and just goes beyond, you know, people being in the church house, mm-hmm. you know, like being in the congregation and stuff. And that's what the, the, the pastor was uh, preached about on Sunday. We got to move. We have to be our own revolutionaries. If we don't, if because I don't know about y'all, but I don't want to be on this line talking about being broke a year from now. That because is correct. I can't do it. Can I tell you all a secret, a real secret? People okay. on the outside that we want to bring to Christ ain't following nobody that's broke and struggling. Because you know what they're going to say? Well, why should I? It ain't work for you. <laughs> so why mm-hmm. should I stop selling drugs? Why should I stop, you know, robbing old people for social security checks? Why should I do all this stuff? What, so I can be like you? We can't pay my bill. I'm being very real. And I hope mm-hmm. y'all don't be mad at me. But this is a conversation that was had at church, and so I just hope that you all understand I'm not, I'm just saying this just, just you know, because it needs to be said. And this is for me, too. I'm saying amen my own self. You know, I don't I don't want us to be on the line a year from now still broke and struggling. I don't I want us to all right, where are we going? We don't have uh prayer shifting ministries of Puerto Rico. Who's up? <laughs> you know because you know, it it's a it's a whole big big old big old. It goes beyond just the, the micro thinking, if that makes any sense. Mhm. And so, uh when you were saying, because let me tell you what my son said to me. They kind of pissed to me the other day, and I was like, because, you know, kids are going to tell the truth, right? They right. They're going to say what it is. We were, um, what? oh, my God, don't mess the story up. We were talking about something the other day, and whatever it was, was like um, on TV, it was something on TV, and it was whatever it was involved, like a first place, second place, or, you know, different things like that. And he said, and he was right for what was on TV, he says, you know, I thought that the the Jesus people were Mike. No, 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 no. I said, well, so-and-so didn't get first place. They got second place. And he said, well, Mom, it always happens like that with the, with the Jesus people that the church people, like, they never seem to come in first. They always mm. seem to come in second. And I was like, ooh. <laughs> and he wasn't saying it to be disrespectful. 
That was just his observation. And then I had a similar conversation at our business meeting, who's all, you know, men's professionals, it's all believers, later on that same evening. But, you know, the same thing was said, and then that kind of jived with, with um, you know, just things that, conversations that I've had. But when you say that, two believers sometimes they get offended and then say, well, you know, you have a trust God and the will of God. Okay, show me where it says in the will of God that we're supposed to be broke and struggling and not supporting each other financially and business-wise. Because from what I understand, the Jewish people supported only each other mm-hmm. at one point. So we have to we have to come out of not wanting to have certain conversations because we want to shield ourselves or we want to, you know, make it seem like it's something anti-spiritual or anti-God or sacrilegious. No, God wants us to prosper. He wants us to be successful. Yes, he wants us to do it, you know, in the right way. He wants us to do it not, you know, illegally or anything like that. But we got to stop putting that on him like that. Stop lying on him and making it seem like he, you know, in order to be godly, we got to be destitute. But it's Mm going to take us supporting one another, putting our money, 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 resources where our mouth is and not just, you know, putting limitations. Mm -hmm. A couple things while while you were, um, while you were speaking, um, because you're right, you may not um, need someone's particular service or product, or it may not be something that you're interested in, but you can still promote it. You know, that's mm-hmm. still supporting, you know, that person. Because if you, you know, if, if you buy a lipstick from me, but you don't wear lipstick, I mean, it's a nice gesture, but I don't want you wasting your money. Right. You know, so, but if you know someone who, like, who won't even, you know, go take the garbage out without wearing lipstick, and, <laughs> you know, and you introduce that person to me, you know, that's truly supporting my business because if that person buys lipstick, they're going to wear it. Okay, and then they may, you know, start to buy something else. And so that's, you know, that's a genuine, you know, like um, genuine assistance. And then there's, you know, we always want to, and when I say we, I mean in a general sense, you know, act like we're in in competition, and it doesn't have to be that way. You know, there is room at the top, you know, for, for success. For, you know, for a lot of people. Um, and it doesn't, right. you know, I always tell people if they say, you know, oh, well, I don't, you know, I don't wear Medicaid. I wear, you know, um, Lancome and, you know, or something like that. It's like, oh, okay, well, you know, if you should ever change your mind, you know, because I don't have to put down, enough, oh, I know what it was with Fashion Fair. The Fashion Fair ladies always will give me, you know, like a hard time or whatever because, you know, Fashion Fair is, is directed towards uh, black women. Black people, and that's right. Fine. But, you know, not all black women like fashion fair, you know. Um, and But my thing is I don't have to put you down to make me look good. You know, the women that like fashion fair, they're going to continue to buy it. The women that like Mary Kay, they're going to continue to buy that. Trust me, there's, there's enough sales out there for everybody. We don't have to, you know, put one another uh, down or take pot shots at each other because someone, you know, Working, you know, working on their hustle, you know, stop doing that. Um, when you were talking about like the supportive thing and how the, you know, the Jewish people, you know, used to only buy from Jewish people, um, I read this article, and 
um, either read the article or they were talking about it on the radio or whatever, Chinatown, like Chinatown right here in Chicago, um, oh, wow. their money exchanges hands, I forgot, like, how many times, like, within the, the Chinese community before it leaves that community because they have their own restaurants, they have their own banks, they have their own doctors. I mean, they truly um, stick with, yep. you know, like within their own, you know, yep. before that money comes out of the mm-hmm. community, you know. So and true. the thing yep. is, it's not that we as a people have never done it. It's just right. that when we do and we're successful at it, then the man mm-hmm. comes and tears it all down. Because was it Oklahoma, true. I think back in 1920-something, mm-hmm. there was right. like a town that was, black you know, for the most part black. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, and people, it was like Chinatown where the black people supported black businesses and, you know, and they were doing very well. Okay. Mm-hmm. I haven't done the research on this, but it still flabbergasted me when I when I read about it. You know Central mm-hmm. Park in New York. Mm-hmm. Central Park used to be a black community, right? Really, a black community. Yes, it is. African, wow. yep. That yep, was yep, that yep, was yep. you know destroyed, mm-hmm. and then they put the park over it. Wow. So it's not it's not that we've never done it in the past. It's just that, you know, and, and I and I say this a lot too, you know, white folks are scared as hell of us. Yes. Okay. Because they do not want us to uh to work together. Because if we work together, okay, we would run this. Mm-hmm. You know, we are not stupid, okay? We are not, not lazy, you know, the majority. I mean, you know, because everybody got exceptions, okay? So mm-hmm. we're not going to say there aren't any lazy black folks or that there aren't any less than intelligent black folks. Of course there are, but that's in every race, okay? But as a whole, okay, we are not stupid. We are not lazy. We are very enterprising, you know? When you look at all the different inventions that have been invented by black people, that are like a key part of our living today. Yeah. You know, um, so, I mean, it's, it's there. It's just that once we get it started, here come the man, naturally, like, uh-uh, we, look at Bill Cosby, okay? He right. didn't start his own network. He wanted to buy NBC. They were like, uh-uh, that ain't going to happen. Because they, they, they didn't go at the Oprah. They went at the Bill. Right. Okay. And you know, back in the 60s, first of all, he could not have possibly been the only man at the Playboy Mansion mm-hmm. that was doing something improper with females. Right. That, that's just common sense. Okay. You cannot tell me that you can, you can have a rape trial from 30, 40 years ago. You have no evidence. Mm. Have no witnesses. But put that out there in the news media, okay, and they, they talk about it, you know, like all the time, you know, and they got back people that turned against Bill. You know, and they put every now and then to keep, you know, to keep it in the forefront. You know, now the cases that have been dismissed against him, you, you don't, you only see that on the Internet. They don't talk about that on the news. 
You only see that on the Internet. But, you know, so whenever we're trying to do something and to do it, you know, well and to to come together to do it, then they, you know, they do their best to tear it down by any means necessary. You know, so but you, you know what? I can't. I can't even. I can't. I can't even blame them. I blame us, right? Because oh, you're right. Don't right. right. Oh, blame. We don't close rank at all. We we are real, and that's and that goes back to the slave mentality. We are really quick. Just like going back to your example of Bill Cosby, instead of us closing rank and mm. saying, "Okay, if he did or not," look at look at Charlie Sheen. He came out and said he had unprotected sex with all these women, and he had AIDS. Mm-hmm. What? I didn't know and that. Nobody said anything about pulling anything of his from TV, anything from his. Nobody said anything. And they basically patted him on the back for coming forward and saying what he did. And they put him, and they they had him come and do interviews about it. And what was your mental state? And why would you do this? And he apologizes and all this other stuff. But here's a man who, and his people, all the you right. know nobody nobody down talked him. Nobody shook their head and went you know and tisk tisk tisk. But us, mm-hmm. everybody backed up and took their hands off of him. What about the guy who had the sex with the kids? Huh? There, there's a show on Channel Nine, and I can I can see the guy's face. I cannot think of his name. But when he was in therapy with his wife, she was recording it separately, secretly, and he admitted to having sex with some underage girls, okay, and she he released that. And they, there was no talk. They did not take his show off, you know, off the air. They didn't it up. But the and thing it, is, we we don't close ranks. They'll close ranks. Right, right. And they, right. And they will go for it, and they'll be like, well, he was going through some things, you know, this and that and the other. But we totally backed up. Mm-hmm. Even the celebrities who, I, and I commend Felicia Rashad and, um, you know, Goldberg and Tempest Bledsoe and all of them, the, the ones who did it, I don't know that person. If he did it, I never saw that. I didn't, I, so I, I, you know, and even, um, um, not Tempest, but the one who's on TV a lot now, the little girl, the one who played Rudy. Keisha Knight Pulliam. Huh? Keisha Knight Thank you. She did a radio, she was doing, she was a radio host. And, Somebody tried to come at her about Bill Cosby, and she shut it down. She was like, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, no, we're not gonna do that because there's nothing to prove that he did that. And if he did, I didn't see it. And so, mm-hmm. therefore, unless you can show me somebody who was not discounted, then and show me proof that we're not gonna talk about this. But everybody else, the minute they put it out there. It went viral 
in the black community and everybody, not one person, you know, you had one or two people who defended him, but the majority was like, oh, he dirty. I knew he wasn't all that and da 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 When does that show them that, again, we can't stand together? We can't stand together. And Malcolm Jamal Warner, I was so disappointed in him because he was on set with him every day as well, but he was right there with everybody else talking about, I'm so disappointed in him. Really? Mm. Did you see him do what they said he said? You know what I mean? So it's like when we, we, we cannot always blame them. Yes, if they come, I mean, you know, with the, with the with the communities, they came in with guns and fire. Yeah, okay, we we dispersed. We had to run. That I, I get it. But at this day and age, we should be able to not say it's their fault. It, 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 it starts at home. It starts with us. And we have to be willing to, and unfortunately, the church, which is where all of this is supposed to start, doesn't help. If the church, you know, when we're divided at the base, at the foundation, we're divided everywhere. And so if we can't get it together in the church house, then how do we expect our communities to get it together? You, you, you know how Chicago is. In a 10-block radius, you got 50 churches. For what? Like, Y'all can't come together for one church and and, and, and and have an understanding of what God is all about. If they were able to do that, how much more would they be able to do to get a bank, get a stores, get jobs in the community? But everybody wants to be a chief and nobody wants to be an Indian. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be the king, but nobody wants to be the servant. It's like, come on, we got to... So I agree that we need to work together. We need to support each other. But everybody else backs up when it gets when the going gets tough, and it's just like we have to be willing to stand. We got to be willing to. And I'm going back on you. Oh, that's very awesome. You know, because you're not going to always pop the voice in the room. But it's up your attention or something like that. Um, you know, if you if you believe that that someone is innocent, then you believe that they are innocent. And if it's a hundred people in the room says, "Uh, uh-uh, that person is guilty," you got it wrong. You like, you know what? Well, you think what you think, and I'm gonna think what I think. Exactly. Exactly. And that's and that's the same thing with us coming together as a community. You have one person mess it up for the majority, and everybody is pointing a finger. You know, like you might like I have a I have a play aunt who always says I will never work with I will never buy from black people, and I'm like why? You know that kind of this is from this is when I was younger. You know, and she lived in Chicago, and she till this day she'll say she would never do business with a black person, and I was like, well, why would you say that? And she said, and she's black, by the way. She's not like a player who's white or Mexican or whatever. And she's like, because black people do black people dirty. And I was like, well, why would you say that? So she said, she, and so she just broke it down. 
And I understood. She was like, what happens is they get complacent. They lose their determination and they lose their drive. Once they see that they're being supported, a lot of black people, and, you know, and I didn't like the way she generalized it, but then I, you know, then when you get the experience, it's just like, oh, I see what she means. So it's like she said they get complacent, and then what happens is they see their people supporting them, but then they get like, oh, we family, so I can, I don't have to put in my 100% with you because you look like me. But I put my 100% in for them because mm-hmm. I know they'll do thus and so. And it's like she said, uh-uh, I'm not doing that no more. And so the thing is we have to get into, because what we're taught, unfortunately, is high prices brings in the money. And what's so funny is my daughter even knew. She was like, well, don't they understand that if they give it to me for $2, that more people will come in and they still end up making the same, if not more, than somebody who will charge 20 And so um, and so I told her, I said, you would think they'd get that understanding, but I guess they don't really care because if you go into a black community and they have a corner store, why are you charging me $6 for a box of cereal when I can go to the other neighborhood and get it for three dollars. Why is this? Why are you? Why are you price gouging your own people? Where if you charge me fifty cent less, you'll have more people coming into your store buying your product. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. You know I'm in the back of the library. I don't want to be embarrassed and get put out. But mm-hmm. uh, but the thing with that is, you know. Um, a lot of times the others, they get price breaks. We don't get the price breaks because they purposely, these big companies purposely don't give them to us. So they, um, we have to charge more because we have to pay more. Otherwise, we'll go bankrupt. We won't have, you know, we, we won't be able to provide the service or the product because they charge us so much more. You know, and then they have the money a lot of times to buy things in volume to get things cheaper, you know, whereas we don't. So just, you know, I mean, we do we do that unnecessarily sometimes, but I know a lot of times that that's what it is because we just don't get the price breaks that other people do. So we have to charge more or we won't make a profit at all. It's the same, and it's the same way in housing. Mm-hmm. You know, I live in a community where, Around me, these houses are $600,000, $700,000. And they're even building townhomes at at the same astronomical amount. And you cannot tell me <clears throat> that the two-income households with these little kids, that these families are making that type of money. And all I'm saying is that they're granting them, you know, all these different types of uh, breaks. Yep. You know, they're able to get some type of breaks on the, you know, rates and, you know, options that a lot of people are not granted to be able to purchase these same homes. So it happens across the board. And unfortunately, just like in biblical times, you're dealing with a sect of people that are 
that's stuck on image and perception. Mm. And we mm. choose not to engross ourselves in learning. And see, they did Jesus cool. Christ the same way. They wanted to decharacterize him based on perception and, and what people say. So they wanted to kill his his character, you know, and the belief system that people would have in him. And that's, you know, how his own people turned against him. Mm. Yep. I actually worked in, that was my first job, working in the neighborhood uh, corner store, which which was black-owned. And um, I used to go with them to the the wholesale place to, to buy their supplies and that. And you're right, you know, because... They're just buying for the one little store, you know, they're limited in where they go to get their supplies, and so they have to mark it up in order to, you know, like to, to make some money. Um, exactly. You know, to make some money. But the thing is, you know, I mean, and they, and they got support, you know, like from the neighborhood and that, but why are we allowing all these other nationalities to come into the store, you know, come into our neighborhoods? and set up a store. You know, they don't even live in the neighborhood, but they'll come in and take our money and then, you know, mistreat us along the way. When, right. when you talk about, you know, like perception, it's interesting. One of my uh, my classmates, she was trying to promote um, someone that she knows that, that sells popcorn, okay, and it's a black-owned business, and they don't, they don't have a brick and mortar. What they do, they, they deliver it. You know, so you um, go online or you call in and place your order, and they'll they'll deliver it to your home or to your to your business. So I went to the website. I see nothing but white folks on the website. Okay, there's nothing on the website that gives you an idea or or that says that it's black owned. Okay, so I made a comment about that. You know, on on Facebook in our in our uh, our group page, and. You know, she was, you know, I mean, she took offense to it. And I mean, I, I didn't say it offensively. I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't. I just made a comment that, you know, there were no black people on the website. And, you know, we're, you know, he's trying to appeal to everybody. Well, that's that's fine. But in in the process of appealing to everybody does not mean you have to eliminate your own. You know, you had, there was like a group picture. You couldn't have some black people in the group picture. You know, if you don't want to say that you're black-owned, that's your decision to do that. If that, you know, if that's how you want to run your business, you don't want people to know, you know, then, you know, that is your choice. But, you know, you're basically, you're pandering to, you know, to the white man because you're going to put all white people on your website because that American want to buy the product. Mm. Well, you know, in a good picture. And and I, I think what you're saying is is you know it's a strategy, right. and you know, and again, even when we're talking about the body of Christ, um, it you can look at it the same way. It's a strategy, but it's all about whether or not we put our ourselves in a position to know and learn what the strategy is. Mm-hmm. But it because it's all simplified. It's all written in the word what we need to do. But again, my one of my um, mantras 
you know, things are not as easy as it seems, but it's not as hard as we make it. It is. Right. It is not fine print always either. Mm-hmm. It just is, and in <clears throat> and um, you know, even in the word, there is is just a str- uh, certain manner by which we have to do things. And if we put ourselves, continue to put ourselves in a position where we don't want to learn, and we will allow people to feed us, and we won't go out to go, you know, as 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 the word says become fishermen of men, if we just going to allow other people to go fish and bring it back to us and we choose not to go fish ourselves, we are continuing to put ourselves in a position, you know, that we allow what someone else says or does or let someone else's thoughts guide us Mm -hmm. as opposed to being learned ourselves. Yes, if I am a motivating person and I motivate and encourage you, it would behoove you to go to some of the resources to see if what I'm saying is applicable to you. And Jesus never, I'm sorry, Jesus never, you know, performed any act or did anything to where we would not be able to Know it for ourselves. Just like with Bill Cosby, just like with how is with <clears throat> with our culture. It's not that, you know, things were put in place and, you know, we were not able to know for ourselves, but we chose to go on go along with the perception and the image of a picture someone else painted for us. And, again, it comes back to choice. And we chose not to support Bill Cosby. We chose or choose not to support, you know, certain businesses. And even if we are a business owner, we choose not to be upright and upstanding business people. Mm -hmm. I keep saying everything is a choice. You know, and so – Right, we have to go back. <clears throat> we have to be diligent in in um being learned. We have to be diligent in making sure that we're making appropriate choices because it all has a pro and con. And we have learned to be people who don't want to work. Don't want to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And I do think history has proven itself that we are very sensitive to certain, you know, manners and ways that things are done, which more so puts us in a position of why we have to go back to the word, why we have to go back to be learned and knowledgeable, just because of the sensitivity aspect. Right, because you can't. We can't even just put it all on on the black business owner, but also there's blame to put on the black consumer. You know of how they treat black businesses as well. You know, always wanting a hookup. You know, you don't. You know, you don't walk into to Macy's 
talking about, oh, see, why don't you give me a hookup? I know you can let me, you know, get this for half the price. Right. You know, but we, we, you know, it's done to, you know, to the black business owner, you know, like all the time. And then when you won't, you know, give them that discount or, or whatever, then, you know, see, this is why I don't support black businesses, you know. Right. But, you know, why are you holding me to a, to a, a lower standard than, uh-huh. than you are anyone else? You know, I can understand wanting to get a deal, but basically what you're trying to do, you, you, you're trying to keep me from making money because you're not even asking for a deal. You're just asking me to give you something. Well, we don't know how to be modest when we need to be modest, and we don't know how to be bold when we need to be bold. Uh-huh. Mm. Let's see, let me, let me say this. You know, and I, like I said, I hope y'all still be my friend, man. Because I love y'all. I love y'all. <laughs> but the bottom line is, I can, and I'm sure I'm not the only one who experiences, but people, people who are outside the church and stuff, that's why we are a joke to them. Because we sit in church and we pray and we have spiritual orgasms and we do all of this stuff, but we don't even support each other, but we still broke. We still can't pay our bills. We, we have, can I ask y'all a question? How can we say that we're going to stand against the wild of the devil when we got to go to him for everything we need? Seriously. Right. Mm. I just want to ask that question. We have got to start to become, and, and guess what? And it has to start on a microscopic level. It has to start in the microcosm. It can start with just the people in this line. Now, I don't know y'all financial situation, but messing around with me, we all have $15 between the five of us. But guess what? <laughs> I'm going to share my, if I got $15, if Erica is selling some freaking popcorn or whatever, three of them dollars want to buy Erica's popcorn. Three of the dollars are going to go to buy, because that's the way, that's the people, that's just what I know. That's the that's the way we do. You know, my dad has written 15 books, 15, probably more than that by now. And he, um, and I, it's a thousand, of, you know, people who read, y'all know that, the Christian bookstore is full of books written by thousands of different authors. But when we needed books for our church, you know, for Bible study and stuff. I bought his stuff. I went to the pastor and said, I know someplace we can get some books. Or, you know, do we have funds? Yeah, you know, the church of God and Christ, church or whoever. He was, okay, so I bought my dad's books. What in God's name would I be doing? Going to buy something from somebody for some people I don't even know who are already millionaires who ain't going to give me nothing. Why would I not go to You see what I'm saying? That's the stuff we don't do. We don't do that enough. We go to everybody Hold on, and let you come. <laughs> <clears throat> Lisa, I'm going to write this down, honey. I ain't mad. You know what? I thought she made me. She didn't make me. She was going somewhere else. Alicia, they remind you of anything? <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. Amen. <laughs> Because, you know, I can't get everybody know me in this town with only 10 people. They'd be like, you know, that's just had to put out the library. <laughs> but, 
But, you know, that's just what we do. There is no reason why we should be going outside of each other. But that's why we keep in the situation that we're in. Because it's more than just financial. It, it builds self-esteem and self-confidence and character. There's so many things that it builds with us. Love, unity. When we, you know, do business with each other. So, you know, I feel very strongly about stuff like that. You know, when I know people who have books and stuff, I'll buy one just to be buying one, even if I give it to somebody else or people who sell things who are black, especially if you're black and you're a believer and you write. I do it all the time because the thing is, we always think we don't have money. Of course we do. Of course we got money because we're going to McDonald's with it. We're going to buy some, some foolishness with it. You know, we're going to get our nails on our hair. We, whatever it is we do with it, we got the money. It's just a matter of where we spend it. And until we start moving and putting our money, put our mouth in, the church will continue to be a joke to the world, and we ain't going to win nothing. Amen. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's reality, what we're talking mm-hmm. Go ahead. No, but the one thing I do agree with, like, it, it, we can start a model here. Mm-hmm. We can mm-hmm. start a model here because the thing is, it has to be a model place, in place, a working model that you can you can use as an example to others. No, it works. You know, we can say it works. It's working now. And we're doing thus and so, and this is what's happening. And at the end of the day, then there's no excuse because the model. I mean, and that's it, and that's basically what what the whole the, this everything is so connected because that's what the Bible is for. The Bible is a model, Christ a model. What you guys are talking about now, if we implement that based on those we have on this line. That's a model. And nobody can say, well, it doesn't work. Yes, it does, because we're doing it. It's mm-hmm. not on a scale, but based on the numbers that, because we always, and that's, what, and that's what hurts us as a people. Because if, okay, if only 50 of us are doing it, that's fine. That's 50 people who are learning, who are growing, who are sowing and getting the the increase, both mind, body, and spirit. But we always well, it's only fifty of us, and a hundred and a hundred people don't want to do it. Okay, let those hundred people do what they want to right. do. But right. if those fifty are doing it, then that's that's fifty that get it, and those are the ones you want to work with. And 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 at the end of the day, if we're richer both spiritually and financially or whatever, with us, us just being 50, then so be it. But we can't, you know, again, we can't, like, stop because nobody wants to come and join. It would have to be where in spite of what everybody else thinks, mm-hmm. we know it works. We mm-hmm. know this is what this is what we need to be doing. And, you know, hey, everybody else, oh, well. You know, amen, amen, amen. You cannot let anything because that's that's because people don't 
They don't let anything stop them. And it's okay, and we have to, and again, I want to say, we have to, you know, we have to understand that it's okay to be Christian and want to and have the desire and the drive to be successful. It's okay. Because mm-hmm. we ain't helping, we ain't feeding no hungry people, bro. And you, and you focus, focus on the activity, you don't focus on the money. You know, if you focus on the activity, the money is going to come. Exactly. If we're right about what we want to do with it. Amen. And that's and that's and that's why when you when you said that that's another thing that that throws us off because I mean even with the going back to the corner store scenario and I understand that they mark up they have to mark up to make a profit but how much of a profit are you trying to make you know I'm you know because I, I I I do know that like you know they go buy in bulk and they have to pay a little bit they have to pay more because it's a corner store and because it's a minority and they make them pay a little bit more. But, again, it's like, okay, if you are, if you have to market, if you have to pay, you know, $2 a box when everybody else had to pay $1 a box, mm-hmm. but then you market up where you're asking for $5 a box, what is that markup for? Are you marking it up because you're trying to make sure that you have money at the end of the day and that you want to have that $250,000 house and you want to drive a Jaguar? Or are you doing that markup so that you can pay the rent? You know what I mean? It's about transparency, too. I think if everybody was being transparent on that level, for it to be a community kind of thing, a co-op kind of feel, everybody would have to be very transparent on the finance. Like, why am I paying X amount of dollars for something where I can go outside of the community for it? Because at the end of the day, we're all about facts. And, you know, sometimes knowledge is power and sometimes having to know things hurts us, but... Mm. At the end of the day, it's just like, okay, if we are telling, if you know my rent is X amount and I need to have X amount to function, and so therefore I have to charge this amount, I think that everybody would be willing to do what they need to do to have something for the community. And that goes for the store, that goes for the church, that goes for everything. If we, we have to be us walking any, you know, the business world, the world, not the business world, but the world has has it so that everything has to be in secret. But if we were more transparent with our information, I'm not saying that you got to say what's going on in your house, but when it comes mm-hmm. to, like, business thing, letting people know this is what's going on. And if I don't make it at the end of the day, you know, by the end of the month, this is why I have to do this and so, then more people will come in and more people will 
do what what Lisa's talking like. I'll put my five dollars in this. I'll make sure to come in, you know, three or four times out of the month to make sure you reach your quota so that you can still look for what I really need you. You know what I mean? But people can be so closed-fisted. And so, like, oh, I can't share what's going on with me. You know, so it's it's so much more connected than just the the finances. Is this a mental thing? Is a spiritual thing? It's it's all of that. But if we if we can show a model about being transparent and about being open about all the information and how it works and how things flourish because of that. I believe a lot of people will get it and it will catch on the way it needs to be called on, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And then we have to up our network in this stuff, too, because, uh, you know, just, you know, you know networking and, and hooking, hooking us up. Like, for instance, you know, Felicia, since I know that you, well, you like to do home health care, you know, I brought an opportunity to you with Pam. Pam's old Mary Kay, she's a business person, so that opportunity that I presented to you that wasn't for you, I'm going to present it to her. You see what I'm saying? Like, we have to constantly, you know, Erica does, um, like, counseling and stuff like that. So if I know somebody who needs that service out there, we all connect to her. Like, we have got to connect the dots. It's all about connecting the dots, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I used to I used to collect <laughs> business cards. Um, you know, because I would go to the different expos and things like that. Because the thing is, it can't always be quid pro quo. You know, I know I've encountered some people where you know, if you won't buy from them, then they're not going to buy from you. And you know, I just you know bid them a good day and keep and keep moving because that's not going to to always work. You know, again, if you're not selling something that I'm interested in or that, you know, I can use, then I'm not going to waste my money, you know, buying with you just, you know. And then one person that that comes to mind, um, she sold insurance. So now you want me to spend hundreds of dollars with you, and you might spend $14 with me, okay? Uh, If I already have insurance, and I'm I'm happy with that insurance. I'm not going to just up and change that, you know, so that you'll buy a lipstick from me. You know, right. that, that makes no sense. But if you give me your card, okay, then I can put it, like, with my other business cards, and if someone is, like, looking for, you know, an insurance agent, you know, and, and it's in your area or, you know, or with your company or whatever, then I can, you know, I can give them that information and do business with you that way. You know, right. so it's not it's not always about exchanging, you know, like dollar for dollar or or anything right. like that. And anytime someone, you know, approaches me like that, you know, well, you know, if you're not going to buy from me, I'm not going to buy from you. I don't even want their business because, you know, that's someone that's going to throw it up in your face all the time. You know, uh-huh. and and you know, that that's not, in my opinion, that is not good business, and that's just unnecessary um, drama, and that's not focusing on. Um, that's not focusing on your client. That's focusing on you, exactly. And, you know, and and your bottom line. And you know, I don't, I don't want that negativity, you know, around me. 
So what's something that we what's something solid that we can implement between us on the line right now that can kind of get a ball rolling? Like what's the plan? What's the vision? Well, I think we already got it got it rolling. What was that Monday with with Lisa? Okay. You know, with the with the encouraging and and the accountability. You know, yeah. encouraging her to to step out and. and you know, now, and now she said, okay, that means I need to do this, that, and the other. This week. And so we're like, okay, we're going to check with you on Monday and see, you know, what you've done. Mm-hmm. You know, um, because I think also another um, problem that we have sometimes is that we try and move uh, too far too fast. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. and that's you with, with the instant gratification thing. And so you know, with Lisa having the, the hesitation to begin with, to expect her to just, like, explode in a week's time is unrealistic, okay? But if she's starting to take steps towards what it is that she wants to implement, then, you know, as it starts to build and, 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 um, and increase, then I think she'll be, she'll be able to, to handle it more, um, better and more efficiently than if she just tries to do everything like at one time. I do have a report right quick, though. Go um, for it. I did contact somebody about Hold on. I did contact somebody about um, a place I'm waiting to hear from her. She just wants me to send up the... Um, skeletal plan of it and she's going to take it to her board and they're going to check available dates. So okay. if that goes well this week, then I should have a venue by the end of the week. Cool. I'm sorry, I missed what was her news? <laughs> No, I was just telling them um, that I'm that I've already submitted well, a proposal to the the lady who runs this community center. So she's going to take it before her board um, when I submit some paperwork, and I should know by the end of the week whether or not they um, have the space for my program. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> All right. All right. Okay. I'm going to get on board, too, then. Let me get my out there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you only do what I got to do, too. Let me do it. Um, was, was Zeno on the morning, y'all? He's probably on now. He was in the background saying, mm. <laughs> uh, I'm hoping his behind is at the airport right now. Um, but that might be too much to wish for. Um, yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> you know, he's not, not ever on time. Um, he might be on time for this, though. <laughs> okay. Um, Everybody got quiet. 
because they started pondering the idea of Sam being on time. <laughs> okay. He's 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 usually it's not all his fault. It's not. Bless your heart. <laughs> I try. <laughs> we like that in you too. We love that in you. You see, I couldn't see that she with a straight face. Like, um, yeah. Okay. <laughs> my poor friend. <laughs> oh, my Lord. That's funny. Mm. <laughs> but, um, I, I do have, I do have, uh, um, since we're talking about this, then, and Lisa has started, then there are some things that I have been seeing for a while. And what I'll do is um, I will send the information. I think I have Pam's um, email address. I think I still have it. Um, but, yeah, why don't I do this? May I get your email address? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and before I forget, Pam, before I forget, I need your phone number. After you get done with Felicia, I need your phone number. Okay. Um, the email address is uh, P as in Pam, S as in Sam, C O. TTI130 at AOL.com. Let me repeat that, make sure I got it. Okay, so it's uh, P. Scotty 130? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. All right. All right. And Lisa, I think I, you know what, just to be on the face side, what's your, what's your email address, Lisa? It's L T Butler zero eight at Yahoo dot com. L P Butler zero eight. Mhm. At you said Gmail. Yahoo. Yahoo. Oh Yahoo. Okay. And Erica. Mine is two the the number two uh L L speak at Gmail. Oh, look at you being all simple. I need to do that one. <laughs> at uh-huh. <gmail>. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um you guys will be seeing uh an email from me <clears throat> before the week is out. And it's gonna come from um the email address comes under connect, C-O-N-N-E-C-T, to the number two, Y-O. No, that's wrong. That one doesn't email out yet. It's going to come from um, my Gmail account. <clears throat> and it's F as in Frank, E, M as in Mary, I, O Z, the number forty, 
at gmail.com. That is me. Okay. And um, I I do have a proposal. I've been sitting on it. I showed you part of it um, when me and you got together, Lisa. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm actually, um, now that I see the bigger picture, um, I, I'm going to, like, uh, you know, expand it a little bit. And I would like to get you ladies um, chime in on it. Um, because this is a opportunity where we will all be working in our strength, and it would be going. It would it would, it would help every all the communities that we deal with that we actually live in, mm-hmm. and um, that's all I'm going to say right now. But yeah. So um, I need to get Arthur's as well. Um, I know Sam doesn't do phone or email, so I'm just going to talk to him. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, and Maria's. But um, If you tell Sam that you send him something specifically, mm-hmm. he'll, he'll, um, he'll go okay. out there. Um, you want his email? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. SCF, as in Sam Charlie Frank. Okay. I I Farley at gmail dot com. Okay. That's good to know. So okay. yeah, so but if if you send him something, let him know, you know, that you're sending him something, you know, so that he'll go out there and, and um and open it. Because if you don't do that, he'll never see it. Okay. <laughs> I can see that. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, um, but yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, I would love for you guys to chime in on it, and um, if it's something that you see yourself willing to contribute to, uh-huh. you know, it, huh? It was just someone else's background, I believe. Okay. Then um yeah. I'm just gonna leave it at that for right now and I'll send you guys the email. Okay. Uh Lisa, are you ready? For what? Oh yes I am. <laughs> what you say for what? I was scared. Uh, what's that clear? <laughs> okay. Uh three three one. Um, never mind. I forgot he sent it to me last night. That's okay. Huh? I forgot Sam sent it to me last night. I forgot. Sorry. Did he send you the three three one number? Yes. Okay. Can I, I get sure it? Forgot. Sure. It's it's three three one. Okay. Oh. All right. Oh, I think you all have challenged me to move on my thought. I think we challenged <laughs> each other to move on our thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
Everybody's been challenged. Yeah. I've been sitting on some uh, paperwork for a while. About a 501. Oh, okay. I just think I need to move forward. Is anybody here experienced that grant writing? No, not me. No, I can finagle with it, but, you know, but I do have connections to individuals that can. Okay, because I'm going to see about um, getting some money for this program. Okay. As long as you're not trying to get it from the state, because that'll just be for practice. Pretty much. <laughs> Would you say for practice? Yeah, because you don't have no money from what they say. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that's, yeah. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing? Nothing. Oh. Wait. <laughs> I wait. <laughs> And anything, you know, we should turn, we should, Chicago should turn the schools over to the state. Like, oh, yeah, because you're doing such a bang-up job with the state. Right? <laughs> yeah. Uh-oh. All right, ladies, I'm going to have to get off. Um, this has been very just wow. <laughs> That's all I could say is just wow. Um, and Erica, will you be will you be doing the call tomorrow? Will I be doing the call? To- oh yeah, because Sam is out of town. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am. <sighs> <laughs> I can start. Yeah, I, I okay. can start. Okay. Happy, happy birthday to me. Thank you, Felicia. Huh? I said happy birthday to me. Thank you. Is it today? Oh, happy birthday. No, tomorrow. Oh, okay. Oh. Well, what a better way to start than the morning prayer call, leading the call. Mm-hmm. Amen, Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> She ain't feeling that. All right. Well, it's okay. We love you. Yeah. I love you all, too. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Because I know for well, a Well, it's, like it's not like my child to be serving me breakfast in bed or anything, so we good. Because <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I know for sure that I will have to work tomorrow since today was the wrong day and I went up there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So. All right, ladies. Okay, everyone have a blessed and productive day. You too. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.